Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley. I've got the uh, Instagram Live going here, and I had to cancel my first ever Instagram Live because I had some technical difficulties trying to record this intro. But now we're rocking and rolling, we're progressing forward, and uh, so we're just going to jump right in. Today's guest is Lance Vincent. He is... Uh, we, uh, most people call him Vinny. Most people know him, uh, by Vinny, but he, uh, started, well, he's part of an organization. It's called Bubble Palooza. It's for the Brian Hutton Fund. Um, he's a fallen firefighter here from Amarillo. He, uh, had a accident on his way to a call, fell off the truck, um, died a few days later. Super sad deal. Him and uh, Lance actually went to the fire academy together. They were really good buds. And uh, I think, I can't remember, I, I don't have it written down here, but I think it's been, uh, I can't remember when it happened. It was in 2005, so, you know, quite a few years ago now. Um, but this was a lot of fun. This podcast was a lot of fun to have. I've uh, Vinny's kind of been like, in my fire career since it started. He was one of my first uh, instructors whenever I was in the academy. And then we've been on the same shift uh, for most most of my career. He's on a, a different shift now. So, but um, anyway, it's a lot of fun. It was a good conversation. We plug Bubble Palooza, but we also talk about just fire department stuff in general. Some of it gets a little specific. Um, usually I try to keep... It's hard whenever you have friends on the podcast or people you've known for a long time because sometimes it's it happens when you're in a conversation. It gets oddly specific. And it, it's a little weird for people who aren't in in that world or whatever you know that we're talking about. So a couple of spots we get like really specific and we're talking about people and... Um, but it also, I also want to throw out like a, a disclaimer, like an early disclaimer on this conversation because it does get a little gory at a couple of points. We talk about some, uh, some stuff. It's, this is a very candid, like it was a candid conversation, not to say that we weren't talking into a microphone because we were, but we were, uh, there were several spots where it felt like we were talking to each other without the microphone and sometimes that can get you in some trouble, but this was a lot of fun. Uh, this is actually one of, uh, it was a conversation that I felt like I started the podcast to have, if that makes sense. It's like, I wanted to try to provide like insight into the, the world that I see and the fire service is a very specific world that, uh, I kind of grew up in, in a, in a strange way. Um, all of my 20s I was spent uh, in the fire service. So uh, a lot of fun. Let's see, where are, where was I? I? I did the warning about it getting a little gory. Um, but that's just happened. That's what happens when you get firemen together. It gets a little dirt, a little gory and a, a little uh, a little crazy, you know, sometimes. But a lot of fun. There were some good laughs in this conversation. And I think it was a very insightful uh, conversation. I think most people will really enjoy it. Uh, if you're in the fire service, hopefully you'll uh, you'll relate to some of the conversation. If you're not in the fire service, maybe it'll give you some insight into uh, the world of like first responders or whatever. So uh, let's see here. 
So I've been building, the reason that uh, it's taken me like six days to record this podcast intro is because I've been working on some fences. Emerald got hit with like this crazy ass windstorm uh, a few weeks ago and it blew down a whole bunch of fences. My cousin builds fences so he called me and uh, I've been helping. And it's, it's strange how doing like manual labor can like influence you in an intellectual direction. It's kind of a weird thing. I I haven't fully processed it. Um, But I'm really motivated coming off of a couple of weeks of like manual labor. Um, So hopefully there will be some new content, some new stuff coming out. And I'm hoping to be a little bit more on top of getting these episodes out. So a few announcements. I have more hats in. So I had sold out of hats a while back. And... uh, I just got another order of 20 hats in. Um, I'm working on some t-shirts. I'm splitting a booth with the Critical Mass Bomb City. Uh, Luis Garcia, he sells t-shirts and all of those proceeds are going to charity. Um, And I was talking to him the other day or, you know, was looking into the Bad Magic Festival and saw that they were selling booze. I was interested in it. Asked Luis if he was interested in it. And I think it'll be a really good time. I'm hoping at the Bad Match. So it's Saturday, May 25th. Mark your calendars. Um, It's a great event. It's a lot of fun. It's um, just a cool event highlighting some of the really cool aspects of Amarillo. The people over at the 806 are the ones that put it on. And uh, they have food trucks. There will be... You know, our, uh, the Panel Primate slash Bomb City Critical Mass booth. Uh, but there's a ton of other booths. There's food trucks. It's a lot of fun. It's a great event. Um, come out and say hello. And if you listen to this intro, say, hey, I listened to that intro that, you know, you told me to remind. I told you to remind me that you listened to, if that makes any sense. So that'd be cool to hear. Um, I'm thinking about recording like a live podcast, maybe doing one of these like uh, uh, definitely we'll do like an Instagram live or like maybe a Facebook live or something from the event. Uh, But I'd like to record a podcast while I'm there. I'm not I haven't exactly figured out the format. I might just have a couple of mics and whoever comes by jumps in on the podcast maybe maybe do something like that uh like super rando you know random people popping in type of podcast who knows but i'm hoping to be selling some hats and some shirts there um and also just trying to make it uh you know a fun place to be so we'll, we'll it will be a fun place to be hopefully my booth will also be a fun place to be so check that out Like I said, May 25th, come and say hello. Um, Let's see here. Okay, so the other thing is I'm working on a podcast meetup, but just been super slammed lately. I'm not sure, uh, haven't really looked into dates yet, haven't gotten around to it, but um, I will keep you posted on that. Um, I talked to the folks, the fine folks, over at Barrel and Pie and Canyon, and they were interested in possibly hosting it. So that could be really fun with the weather getting nice. Um, they have a awesome patio there, so right on the square there in Canyon. So that's probably what we're going to do. I just, like I said, I've been busy slash a little lazy lately, and I haven't gotten on top of the things I need to be on top of. But 
I will let you know as soon as I get that planned. Um, April 13th, this is a little bit of a quick notice, but uh, one of my buddies, uh, Matthew, he, uh, we ran, we did a little group run from six car, uh, maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. And uh, it was a lot of fun, and we decided that we're going to start trying to do group runs more often and more regular, and with the promise or guarantee of drinking beers afterwards. That's kind of the goal. That's the hope. So this next one is going to be April 13th, which is coincidentally the same night as the Shake Hands Amarillo, um, I think they call it Spouse Appreciate. I can't remember what it was, what the dinner was called, but the tournament sold out, but they're doing like a kind of a meet and greet type thing. So definitely check out the Shake Hands Amarillo page, Facebook page, if you're interested in that. Um, but so we're going to be doing a run April 13th, starting at Pondaceta, and we're just going to run back through the neighborhood. Maybe, who knows, maybe go over to like Southwest Park, do a loop or something. Um, it'll kind of be a run at your own pace type thing or run however far you want to run, do your own thing or stay with the group. Or hopefully there will be like 30 people there and we can fracture into a ton of different groups and everybody can do whatever they want to do. Or maybe we can do like little races or something. Who knows? Who knows? It's completely open. We can do whatever we want. Um, like I said, April 13th, starting at Pondaceta. I'm not exactly sure the date uh, at the moment. I think we're thinking like around maybe six. Uh, do a run, drink a beer. They Ponda said always has badass food trucks there. Uh, Pizza Nomad sets up there amongst a bunch of other food trucks. So I'm sure there will be food uh, and good times and uh, some beer and, and some running. So it's going to be a good time. So... Uh, there's a ton of stuff going on in Amarillo, and I've already rambled on for to 10 minutes. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get these announcements done and get into this episode. So check out my Patreon. Um, I'll have a link of that in the description down below. Uh, check me out on Instagram. I've been trying to post like... Uh, who my guest is going to be and give people an option, listeners an option of asking questions to the guest. I uh, wasn't, like I, I haven't been putting them out early enough so a bunch of questions actually came in after I'd already done the interview. So uh, if we don't talk about your question and you submitted a question, bear with me. I'll try to post it earlier next time and try to get your question on. But I, I missed like, I think there was like three or four questions that came in after the interview is already done. So, um, Facebook group, I need to be more diligent and post some stuff in there. Um, uh, but, uh, also I want to plug my website. Uh, I have some old blog posts there. I haven't written any new blog posts in a while, but I have several old blog posts there and I have a couple of short stories up and a couple of short stories that I'm about to put up. I'm, fi I'm putting the finishing touches on them, but, um, that's one aspect that uh, of my website that I'm really excited about and, and pretty passionate about. One of the things that I've been inspired is to do more writing and write more short stories. So um, check that out if you're interested in short stories and let me know what you think. Let me know if you like the stories or if you think they're garbage. Just let me know. Um, 
And then as always, if you'll shoot if you'll leave me a review on iTunes, that I think helps somehow. If you if you do reviews and do stars or whatever, I think it maybe will bump me up. Uh, if somebody searches like an Amarillo podcast, maybe I'm more likely to come up. Who knows exactly? But um, I do want to thank everybody who has been listening for listening. Um, I'm really enjoying doing this podcast. I've been having a blast doing it. It's been uh, these conversations that I've had had and uh, have had the pleasure of having. Uh, I think, I mean, it's really unique, you know? I mean, not a lot of people, especially common, you know, middle-class dudes have ever had the opportunity to really have an interview show um, and have as many conversations and record them and put them out there to the general public. Uh, The internet has blessed us with that opportunity. I've been taking advantage of that opportunity. And those of you who have been listening have been, uh, you know, kind of fulfilling my intent, you know, like, um, what's good, like, what good is a song if there's nobody there to hear it type thing. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, this was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Be sure to check out Bubba Palooza, June 22nd, 2019. It'll be a hoot, uh, some great, uh, country music and a great venue, uh, with a bunch of great people. And, hey, it would be a great place to see a bunch of firemen having a good time. So, thank you for listening, and uh hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, not necessarily that my show is going to be... Uh, it's I want it to be more of a conversation show. Mm-hmm. But one of the points of a conversation is having a conversation. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like I listened back to some of my first ones, and it was too much of me talking not necessarily having a conversation so yeah. it's a good podcast dude to start out yeah oh yeah dude i've all i don't know that i've ever listened to one i didn't like they've been fun there was there was one that i remember you just stopped and like played a rap song right in the middle of the interview, and i was like dude that's tight right there like we're gonna like i wonder if i ever do that if he's just gonna stop and play boys in the hood real quick cruising down the street in my six fall jocking the freaks clocking the dough Went to the park to get the scoop Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoops A car pulls up, who can it be? A fresh El Camino rolling Kilo G He rolled down his window and he started to say It's all about making that GTA Cause the boys in the hood are always hard You come talking to trash, we'll pull your car Knowing nothing in life but to be legit Don't quote me boy, cause I ain't said shit Trying to steal an alpine Chase him up the street to call a truce The silly cluck head pulls out a deuce goose Little did he know I had a loaded 12 gauge One sucker did LA Times front page Cause the boys in the hood are always hard You come talking to trash, we'll pull your guard Knowing nothing in life but to be legit Don't quote me boy cause I ain't said shit <laughs>
Okay, you ready to start this thing? Yeah. We've been talking for about 15 minutes. Wow. 
but it doesn't feel like that long. No. That's one of the things that's crazy about podcasting is, and Shannon asked me, she's like, if you could do one thing, like out of all the things you do, because I do a lot of different shit, she's like, if you could do one thing, what would it be? I was like, podcast. Because you get two and a half hours, it's always there, you cash it, or like cash is in like a yeah. like a storage With facility. With an E at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Cache. Yeah. Um, and and it's always there, and it counts forever, you know. Versus, hey, you know, I do uh, move furniture. I'm I move furniture for four hours, and that four hours is gone, you know. Correct. Yeah. Versus conversations that, especially if you record them, they stay forever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like a picture. It's like a picture, only more nuanced, which yeah. is kind of an interesting thing. Like it is. they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. And I probably say a thousand words like every three minutes. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's worth a big, big book, dude. A conversation, you know. But uh, okay, so uh, you ready to start this thing? Yeah, man. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host Dexter Kierley. I'm here with Lance Vinson, and you know one of the things I so getting ready for this podcast, I looked up and I was like, when was the first time I met Vinny? Oh, Do you know wow. what it was? Man, I think it, it had been in Fire Academy. It was. So that would have been... I can't remember what you were teaching, though. That's Yeah, the I, know what, I know what I was teaching. What were you teaching? I was teaching fire science. Mm. That's what it was. It yeah, was fire it was science. early, early on. You, had, you still had curly hair, man. Yeah, no, I know. That's whenever I would still go into the fro mode. Yeah, dude. You had a fro. And... Uh, I got funny stories about that class, man. That was a funny class. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, whenever... And I feel like this has been my entire life coming up. When you like look around and you, you look around at the group of guys that you're with and you say, is this what it's always like? You know? <laughs> because if so, if so, our society is about to crash and burn. You know? Like everybody's so so different and goofy, you know? Yeah, man. You know, I, you can edit this out if you want to. The funniest, the, my, I'll, you will always be the kid that I invited to come, hey man, this kid needs some experience. Young, you were young, what, 19? I was... Uh, 18, 19? I went into the fire academy at 19. Okay, so you're 19 years old. Or 18. Fuck. I was 18. Oh, you were young, man. I was 18, because it was right out of high school. Teaching that class, this curly-headed kid sitting in the back of the room. What year was it? Oh, okay, it was 07. Okay, so that's 12 The fall years of 07. Man, I said, this kid needs some experience, and I have a tool to give him some experience. And I, do you remember what I did? Uh, was that when you invited me? Invited to you to live, be yeah. A dorm student, yeah, because Randall County was was <laughs> Randall County Fire Department was ran different than it mm-hmm. is now. Um, they went through that reorganization, but at the time, um, I was in charge of that, partly in charge of the dorm program out at that brand mm-hmm. new fire station we built. And we were trying to fill it up. We were looking for quality dorm students, and I invited you to be one of the very first dorm students that lived out there. Oh, I didn't you even know that. Yeah, I didn't man. know it was one of the first dorms. Yeah, man. It was like, okay, hey, fill this dorm up. Yeah. Find good kids. Damn, I should have. So, and you remember the reason you told me you didn't want to live out I'm there? pretty sure that the reason was because my dad made me breakfast every yeah. morning. Yeah, <laughs> you told me, man, I would love the experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was your mom, but you told me. No, my dad, yeah. dude, my dad, before I went to the fire academy every day, yeah. he would get up and make I me, can't. like, pancakes, yeah. eggs, <laughs> you told ass friends. He said, sir, <laughs> I can't do it. And I said, because I was pretty sure you were a lock. The next day, yeah. you're like, I can't do it, man. I said, well, what's going on? What? 
tell me what some of your fears are. You're like, man, I'm not scared of anything, but my dad makes me breakfast every <laughs> morning. I was like, my God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be old. This kid's going to have a long road to hope. You know what? Oh, you yeah, don't. Yeah. You didn't, though. You always fit in. You always did a good job. You got But I thought, oh, this ain't going to work, man. But it did. Yeah. I'm proud of you, man. But that, <laughs> oh. that's, that will always be Dexter to me, man. Yeah. Well, and it was, it, I had my cousin, me and my cousin were Nick. both in the academy together, and he would pick me up in the morning. Yeah. So literally from the time I got out of bed, I had like breakfast served to me and then somebody would pull up somebody outside my door, of you know, like just walk out and get in the car and go to the... Somebody taking care of you. <laughs> that's that's another story of my whole life is just being shuffled to place. It's like, hey, uh, just be here at this time and do this thing. And I think that's part of the reason I fit in so well at the fire department was because, hey, you just show up and you have a set of... Uh, things required of you yeah. and ex- expectations and as long yeah. as you meet those expectations we don't care how goofy or weird or or uh silly you are yeah uh, beyond that actually the weirder the goofier and the sillier the better yeah, you know som- sometimes man and as long as you're doing a good job yeah guys a lot of times that you know you were just a kid having these 19 20 year old rookies is fun mm-hmm. and there's a reason because you can, you can build that into the man that you want that mm-hmm. guy to be. Not by changing who he is, but, but just by saying, hey, if we want you to do this or this or this, that's important. And then that's your first real job. You're like, yeah. okay, that's important. And you can build that. out A 35-year-old rookie is a completely different story. Yeah. they got tons of life experience. They're like, eh, I might not do that. Well, and it was, I, I believe at the time I got hired, I was either the youngest kid or I was definitely among the youngest, maybe two or three, you know, on the whole department. No, I think so. I so think it was really easy for me to say, yes, sir. Sure. Like, it was really easy. Oh, everybody dude. was older than me. Yeah. Everybody had more experience than me. Yeah. Everybody, everything, you know? Yeah. So it was really easy for me to to be able to uh, take a humble, sure. like, uh, stature in front of somebody. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, and I've wanted to ask you this several times. I just never got a chance to really be in a venue to sit down and talk. Have you noticed that, because you've trained lots of rookies by now. Right? Yeah. You've yeah. had lots of guys that you've trained. You've, you've trained some good ones. Have any of those guys ever had a problem, like, that are older than you saying, yes, sir, to a, to a younger guy? So I think one of the things... Yes, sir, is in, yes, sir is in those little quotations. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean? one of the things is... Uh, the the posture that you bring to them mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that I was always conscious of yeah was I I never and to this day the only thing I've ever pulled rank on mm-hmm. is turning hydrants mm-hmm. whenever we're working hydrants mm-hmm. just because I hate dealing with the oil mm-hmm. I'd much rather crack them all open and mm-hmm. turn do all that because I don't want to get oil on my hands yeah so that's the only thing I've ever pulled rank in so I think that's one thing it makes a guy a little bit more comfortable saying, okay, this guy's my boss even though he's younger than me. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm not going to, hey, you do this over me, do this. Mm-hmm. Being the young guy, I always just assumed I'm going to be the one that does this for the first five years I was on. Yeah. And then by then, the guy comes on and he says, hey, man, I actually need to know what to do. He actually asks like a genuine question. Mm-hmm. And then it's a lot easier for them to to take your answer, whatever it is, because yeah. it's a genuine answer. It's yeah. a, it's a hey man, I would do this yeah. so that you don't get in trouble or this and that. So I don't know, man. I've never. There's been a couple of guys that I could tell pretty quick that they had problems being rookies, yeah. but 
it wasn't more so to me than it was to anybody. They just had a tr- they just had trouble being a rookie. Yeah. yeah. So it didn't matter if you were forty five or twenty two. They had a hard time listening. Yeah. Yeah, I've ran into those guys. You know, I had a reputation of being one of those guys. My issue when I came on wasn't necessarily I didn't want to be a rookie, mm-hmm. but they gave us like three or four days of paperwork and then looked at our skills and says fire station. Never told us to answer mm-hmm. the phone. Never told us to wash the dishes. Oh, yeah. Never told us to answer the door. Told us to study and learn to draw that map and to be on top of our skills. So all that culture stuff mm-hmm. that was built in, we never got. So you go to the fire station and you don't answer the phone. Because that's a big thing, right? Yeah, I didn't ever... Th- they do not want to talk to me. Nobody yeah. calling wants to talk to the rookie. Well, three weeks in. <laughs> wasn't my senior husband. It was the driver. Came to me and he was like, why don't you ever answer the fucking phone? And I was like, uh, because they don't want to talk to me. Well, now he's pissed. Because I'm a smart ass. <laughs> right? That was really my... Well, and I'm sure that you didn't have any sort of a... <laughs> uh, you know me, man. So, I've always been a guy that will do the work, man. Just let me know what you want of me. Yeah, I'll do whatever. Set the expectations. Man. Yeah, let me know. But that kind of had a rough, rough road there because I just didn't know. And I was learning these things on the fly. Mm-hmm. And uh, then all those fires broke out in early 2006. And I started fighting fire with that crew. And the rest is history. Once you, start, once you start getting that instead of just station life all the time. Mm-hmm. And guys kind of find out what you're made of, then then it's a lot better. Yeah. So, but those first three or four months were kind of sketchy for me, man. Oh yeah. Well, I think it's sketchy for everybody. And part of the test of it is how do you notice what is not told to you? I think that that's actually no, an important. Is, man. You know, like for instance, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I guess I'm putting it out there now, or not even a pet peeve. It's just something I notice. Don't tell them where your goat's tied if that's what it no, is. No, no, it's, it's not, not a worth goat. It. It's okay. not a goat. All right, all right. But it's one thing I always notice is I always look, and you can tell a rookie that is thinking for himself and actually trying to do a good job at dinner, after you eat, whenever you're getting ready to clean up. There's always multiple jobs to do. There's always a job that's not being done that you could do. Correct. So if I see a rookie and he only focuses on jobs that are already being done, Mm -hmm. that is an issue. Mm -hmm. You should look and see what job is not being done. If somebody's already wiping down the counters, don't go get another rag and wipe down another counter. Go find the next thing in line. And that's how a fire scene works. Correct. A fire scene works with, hey, this is the first thing that needs to happen. This is the second thing that needs to happen. And you see this. So it's to me, that's one of the things that can't really be taught Mm -hmm. is the uh almost like the triage of tasks you know you you start you see this larger picture of work being done because if you're building a fence or if you have a group of guys doing yard work you don't want the guy that has to be told what what's next in line to do you just want him to start doing it or to or to say hey not that I want to mow because you're mowing, but what's the next thing I need to be doing? So basically, you know? and then kind of a simplifying that whole thing, you know, guys get mad when a guy doesn't know how to, for example. You get a you get a 20-year-old kid and you tell him, go mow the yard, and he looks at the lawnmower like it's a foreign object. Mm-hmm. And they get mad. Like, he wouldn't mow the yard. I was like, or didn't know, that idiot didn't know how to start lawnmowers. Have you ever been taught how to start a lawnmower? Well, he's 20. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. No. So, but once I teach you how to start the lawnmower... 
I expect you to know how to start the world. Yeah. Now, right? Yeah. It's simple. Oh, yeah. 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 We have to evolve that way. Yeah, you, uh, you can't... There is a certain amount of arrogance. Or not arrogance, but ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then maybe it's arrogance, actually. Um, where it, if I show you how to, walk, how to start it, if you respect me as somebody that needs to be, you know, uh, made happy... Yeah. Then you're gonna watch me teach you how to start it. You're gonna respect the time I'm taking to show you, and then you're actually gonna know how to do it next you're time. You're gonna ask all the questions that need to be asked. You're gonna <laughs> absorb that information, and the next time, you, if you need help starting the lawnmower, you better have nine of those ten steps correct, and then let me just polish up on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. uh, man. and it's not necessarily a lawnmower, but that could be tying a knot, raising a ladder. That could oh, be yeah. any of those things. Well, no, that's the thing is everything that we do is simple tasks but it's strung together in a certain sequence. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can do the simple task, then you have to understand the larger sequence. As soon as you understand the larger sequence, then you are a hand. You know, I've get gotten in a bind a couple of times, because, and, and you've worked fire scenes. I think you and I have been in a bind one time just because I don't... Like when I'm on a fire scene, I, uh, I just say, hey, this needs to be done. And with a younger generation, if I would go back and take that extra two seconds and say, hey, put a fan here because, or turn the fan off because, take that extra half second. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a kid raise a ladder. I say a kid. is a guy that worked with me for a long time. Love him like a brother. I said, I need to put a ladder up right there. And he was like, well, this. I said, put a ladder up right there. And then we got like, I don't have time to talk about it on a scene. But I think I would be better served if I could ever teach myself that the younger people get, that they like to know, why are we doing that? And it'll probably make them better in the future if I would slow down and say, we're doing it because of this. And and that's a, that's a thing that I'm self-aware enough to know I have a hard time with. Mm. That, hey man, this is why. It doesn't take that long. It really doesn't take that long. Um, I've always been willing to, hey, after we're done, let me know what you, but, but that initial thing, hey, put up a ladder right here because boom, mm-hmm. done. Well, it's the stress of the moment. I mean, that's yeah, the that's the hardest thing too. Is, um, <clears throat> and it's weird. Like, not to say that I'm like the best firefighter ever, or even in every circumstance know what to do. Sure. But I've been there enough times now to know how to not be in the way. No. Necessarily, you well, know how to be. <clears throat> how, okay, I might not necessarily know what this next step is, but I'm going to stand right on this guy's left pocket because yeah. he's going to be the one that tells me whatever it is to do. You've, you know? you've got a pretty plain um, um, interpretation of when we deviate. Yeah. And that's mainly like, hey, why are we deviating? That's not what we right. usually do. That's when I'm going to ask something. I'm going to ask something if I'm seeing a sequence that does not match how we typically would do a sequence. Mm-hmm. And then it'll say, hey... And then hopefully the officer knows me well enough to say, yeah. okay, Dexter's asking this question. It's not because yeah. he's lazy. Second guessing me. Or yeah, or second guessing. So, and that's the asshole in me has to get better about like being able to answer those questions. <laughs> it just made me laugh because literally you just referred to your, your butthole. I did. You said the asshole in me, well, which is the metaphorical. <laughs> the metaphorical. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, uh, it would make my life easier and make, but that's uh, some. There's pieces of everybody's personality that uh, we would like to hone in a little bit. Yeah, I like me a whole lot. Well, I don't yeah. think people like that. Well, and that, that's the, that I, that's the thing is every single person 
I was actually just thinking about this because right now my current crew station. Oh, what an shift. awesome group of dudes! Man. I mean, it's really oh, one of those smart. things. Whenever and I tell Shannon that all the time, I'm like, I'm I'm literally in one of those circumstances that whenever I was in the academy or whenever I was a rookie, I would say, man, I'd like to be at that station on that crew. I'm in the same place. And I'm in that circumstance I, now. I, you I'm know? in the same place, man. The place I landed when I got to sea shift, like some strong personalities on mm-hmm. that crew, but holy cow, these dudes are, man. Wow. Yeah, well, and see, that's the thing. <laughs> and even in that circumstance, yeah. I know that there are days when they come to work and they say, damn, have to deal with Dexter today, oh, yeah. or there's times whenever I say, "Damn, I have to deal with blah blah blah." Yeah. But I wouldn't want it any other way, and no. I wouldn't want to be in any other circumstance, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, damn, I don't know why I was. What was I going with that? I don't know. We were just talking about the fire service in general, yeah, and how how it's so it's so uh, dynamic, I guess. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's very dynamic, yeah. and and you have to understand people's personalities. I think that's what I was going. Yeah, yeah. Because even with these guys that I love, like genuinely, all of the guys I work with, I genuinely love sure. them as. You take a bullet for them. Yeah, and yeah. and so it's like one of those things. Even with that level of uh, family, you still want to choke someone. There's still some times when I'm like, God, <laughs> son, I'm like, God, yeah. you kill him. I will choke you. You know out, what I'm buddy. saying? Yeah. 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 Uh, that you know, doesn't happen that should, very often. I think that but. should be in the standard operating procedure, though. Like, that you can choke somebody out? Yeah, they'd have to be... I think we need department jiu-jitsu. Yeah, man. It would be great. Like, Lone, you Star, know, Lone Star jiu-jitsu. Holler at them. I yeah, want, man. Like, that, that's the thing, is you need to be they'd able to... They'd have to be age... age uh, like, like you like wouldn't age be brackets? Like, yeah, like, you wouldn't be able to choke <laughs> me out, right? Because, I don't know. Maybe weight brackets. I don't know, man. Because I just Ooh, don't want, I don't want a young guy get, climbing up on me and yeah, choking you might me get out. A Sam Barry on you. You know, the only time I've ever been verbally, I've never been written up on the job. The only time I've ever been officially verbally warned was for playing too rough with mm. the other men, and yeah. that was because I choked somebody. Out. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. Is people don't understand that there's sometimes when that has to happen. I asked my <laughs> officer. I said, "Are you seriously issuing an official playing too rough with the other men? Like that's a thing." He was pissed. That's a yeah, thing. you're damn right. Bro. <laughs> you're <Okay>. damn right. <laughs> oh man, there's been some times where I'm like, uh, I don't like I've, playing I've had anymore. I've had too many moments. You know, it's taken me back to like whenever you're like uh, nine years old and you're playing with a golf club in the backyard and you accidentally catch a rock and shatter a window. Yeah. You know that instant feeling of. Oh no. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna. I don't know the yeah. kind of doom I just yeah. brought down on my head. Yeah. That happened. That. I've felt that as a grown man multiple times. Yeah, I think we live for that, though. I think I that's think why so. we do what we do is because we live. That's a form of an adrenaline rush. Yeah. I think we like that. Oh, did I push the envelope yeah. too far? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I've, it's uh, Brendan to all of us, or most of us. There's some type Bs on this job, and, and you know what? They can do this job just fine, but the type As that we all live with most of the time, that's well, what they want to do. And it's kind of interesting because the culture has been built around the type A, but there's a lot of, one of the things I was going to talk to you about, there's a lot of circumstances where it's a type B scenario. No. It, it doesn't require a type A personality, mm. but the fact that the job not only attracts, but also cultivates type A personalities, mm-hmm. it tends to, we, uh, we approach every circumstance with a hammer instead of approaching some with a screw yeah. driver, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it, sometimes it's the wrong... That persona is the wrong tool to bring yeah. 
like when you're talking to like a five-year-old at the fire station, sometimes it's okay to to back off the type A a little bit. Yeah. Somebody was joking with me when the PO position was open. They said, man, you're going to be the next PO. I said, I will guarantee you nobody ever sticks me in front of the news camera long term. Like they, don't, they don't need that kind of answer, answering questions about, oh, this guy's a little aggressive. That guy may have popped off a time or two too many. Uh, well, that's the funny thing. is, Well, speaking of, of Pierce, he was one of the ones that asked the question on Instagram that we're going to get to later, but... Um, it, there's there's multiple guys on the department that I've known long enough to know when they're mad and when they're just being who they are. Yeah. And it's it's so funny when you see people that that mistake correct the personality for aggression just because mm-hmm. they're aggressive people. You, you know? know, they just say so. And you, when you and Pierce and Wade were all oh, on the yeah. same truck, it was oh, like yeah, how. How is this district not constantly call getting calls on? <laughs> no, that was a, that was that a, was a fun fire crew. I, I've, had, I've been blessed. I've been blessed um, with fire crew. I, I watched Pierce though and a AMS paramedic have a yelling match at about three thirty one morning. It's as well as I might not remember what happened yesterday, but all that'll be a memory I always have. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna say what happened just because yeah. I don't want anybody to recall that or be yeah. able to go. That was that son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I tell you what, it was a fun. It was funny, uh, man. Man, that is one of the things that's interesting about the department that uh, nobody told me right up up front. Nobody explained to me that I was gonna have these memories of my town from a different side of the. Uh, you know. Sometimes I picture it like uh, like you're at the zoo and yeah. you're walking through and you're looking at all the lizards in their aquariums. I I never realized I was going to be the one on the inside of the aquarium. Man, that's a great analogy. You know, you know, uh, and this this gets into some some weird things, but there's there's a lot of things about this town that make me. Now I love Amarillo, right? And I love the people here, but man, just some of the stuff I've seen makes me want to do my time here and then and then just. You can't go places without being like, hey, I saw that right mm-hmm. there. Hey, I saw that right there. Hey, and that's a, if that's something nobody explained to me Mm-mm. that, hey, that'll always be the place. Down every the time you drive by it, you'll remember whatever. And there's some stuff. I mean, there's some stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the funny thing is, so since I got into it so young, and I think that this is probably what happens with a lot of soldiers. I'm not exactly sure. But your um, your zero, your normal, mm-hmm. gets set in a different bracket. And then you start to realize, and to me where it really happened was having a wife, getting married, and somebody, you know, like you you have a persona and a culture and a, an ego Mm-hmm. And and you deal with certain things in a certain way, and then the second that you start realizing, like, oh, I have to have a heart, <clears throat> you, know? you know, like that. I mean, I actually I've had that moment happen to me multiple times. Wherever I realize, I'm, it's like, oh, I don't have a heart. No, like, I, whenever I, somebody act, like, and you you know what I'm talking no, about. I know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Is is that people don't understand? And when I say people, I'm talking about people who aren't in the services right EMS the nurse there's there's a lot of people who do get it 
that the callus you, you you're a guitar player i'm a guitar mm -hmm. player right mm -hmm. you still have fingers mm -hmm. but your calluses on the end of your fingers are different mm -hmm. than a lot of people's right yeah like it's still in there but for, in order for you to mm -hmm. prick the end of my finger and get blood out of it, it takes a lot oh yeah more. see that's it that's a good way of that's a good <clears throat> way of putting it because it was like there it's like i can cry sure but it takes my bride walking down the aisle or yeah. my kids first scream you know yeah like, those are the type of things that can cause me to cry. Mm -hmm. And what was really weird was, in like, the way I talked about the bracket, your zero being set in a different bracket, having a kid, um, right afterwards, I experienced being in a different bracket. Yeah, that softened you up, man. It, it instantly softened me yeah. up. And then I started realizing, like, oh, damn, like, uh, there is a heart in there, oh, and yeah. it's... And it's uh it's like a tender little thing, like mm -hmm. you know, without the without the calluses, like you were saying. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's it's one of those things, like uh, they. And this is one thing I've never really talked about on the podcast, but uh, I've, I haven't had many firefighters on the podcast either. But it's one of those weird things that you know people, the mental health issue, the mental health services yeah. need to take into account that most people don't have problems. They have um, the the only problem happens when the callus or the way that you uh, mitigate the stress mm -hmm. is removed mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. Once that is removed, so like for I think a lot of soldiers, it's the camaraderie of having this brotherhood and having a lot of tasks to do, something to keep you busy. Right? Mm -hmm. As soon as you lose that, you lose that callus, you lose that protective shield then you're vulnerable mm -hmm. to to the stress or to the to playing guitar for an hour and not having the calluses to play guitar for an hour. Sure. You know, it yeah. snaps it snaps yeah. you, it causes injury. Yeah. Um but it's kinda of one of those things that's weird because uh you, you never really anticipate that. Uh like I can remember think like every time they say, Oh, the employee assistance program is available free of charge to blah blah every time I hear that I kind of like glaze over. Like, okay, I'll remember that yeah. if, if I find somebody that needs it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's oh, always been my stance on it. That's always been my stance is whenever I find somebody that needs it, yeah. I'll let them know. Yeah, I was always that way too, man. I got hit hard last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know that I want to go over it here, but yeah. it was a, uh, you know, I, was, I always thought I was too tough for all that. But I found out differently. In February of last year, man, and I landed, I landed in a really weird place. I almost quit. Mm -hmm. Oh no shit! Yeah, no shit. Like no shit. I had guys like you that have been like I've been not the rock of their of their fire service career, but a piece of their fire service career since they started. Yeah. Tell me when I said that they were like, "Oh my god, I feel like somebody just cut my guts out." Yeah. Like, do what? Why didn't you say anything? I said, "Man, I was always too tough to say anything." It was kind of weird. And it's you hear it mostly from retirees. Mm -hmm. Once somebody gets out of it and they get out of the, uh, the really the head down mentality, <clears throat> like because a lot of the times that's it. That's the it's the head down mentality. It's mm -hmm. a it's a hey, we don't you, you don't pull your head up because the second you pull your head up, it's harder to put it back down. Correct. You know. Yeah, I. Uh... Um, and and that's a great a great uh, example. You know, my choice was to leave rather than to face. If I leave, 
I don't have to face. Mm. Right? And uh, I had a, a lot of people that talked, talked me through like, wait a minute, you can't leave, man. Like, hold on just a second. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, and at that point was able to, to go, okay, then what do I need to do? Tell me what it is that I need to do mm-hmm. and kind of go through that, man. But, uh, it's a, it's a, the mental health side of any service, I think. And I'm not for sure saying <clears throat> my service is, is equal to anybody else's service. My service is simply my service. Right. Right. And my brain is simply my brain and everybody's is different. I came to a place in my brain that I was like, okay, enough. That's because I equated it to a, uh, and if, if your, if your emotions are a cup, and you can only hold so much. If you don't find a way to dump some of that out of that cup, it's going to overflow. And when it does, dangerous things happen. And that's where we find um, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, spousal abuse. We well, just find if, all these if, different things. If you, the interesting thing is if the cup is sitting flat, you don't know where it's going to break the rim. Yeah. Whereas if you're pouring it, you know exactly where the emotions and the energy are going to go. Yeah. So like that's, you know, they often say they separate health. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're a very mono culture type, uh, culture, I guess. I mean, we're, we're very much like, Oh, mental health, mm-hmm. physical health, mm-hmm. gut health, mm-hmm. spiritual health, yeah. right? Yeah. Family health, financial health. We separate it all into these different things and we don't like see the holistic aspects of, if you're not, if you're having physical, which you look great. Thanks, man. How, many, how much have you lost? So, uh, somewhere, I've, I've gained a little bit back. I'm not positive if that's muscle weight or what that is, but it's uh, when I start, when I finish losing weight and start gaining weight again, it was 65 pounds. 65 pounds. 65 pounds. See, that's crazy. Like, that's, uh, I mean, that's a. <clears throat> That's a that's a small child. So, I, know, a, I look at it like this is more than a bag of dog food. Yeah. That's a perfect way of like yeah. equating it. Yeah, yeah. 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 But see, it's like one of those things, like there's all these different things that are stacked on top of each other. And that's what one of the things that's the hardest thing to see at the fire department <clears throat> is when you see a guy that one of the pillars mm-hmm. is crumbling or completely gone. And it's like, it's a little less stable. And then if another pillar collapses, it's a little less stable. And if another, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's a holistic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, corners of a house, so to speak, you know? Um, Man, I just wish guys would understand it's not shameful to take care of yourself. Right? Yeah. No matter, no matter what. But your brain, your body. I uh, showed up at fire station number six when I promoted to captain. I sat down. I said, here's what I expect of you guys. What do you expect of me? And one of the members of that new crew said, man, I've got a little bit of an issue with a health and safety captain that smokes a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. And I went, he didn't talk about my weight. Like, we didn't even get there. Mm-hmm. Right? Just, hey, man, that's that's my number one thing. I quit smoking that day. Like, that day, I never smoked another cigarette again. That was it. Um, because... I was like, holy cow, man, he's right. That's a, that's a problem. Mm. So that year I went in and we, as the health and safety captain, I'd actually told the chief there, I said, I can't, I can't be the face of this program. I weigh over 290 pounds. Now, I had never been asked to do anything in the fire department I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Still haven't. They set the goal at what, the 50th percentile that year? Yeah. 50th percentile. I went, okay, like I can hit that. 
At 294, 295 pounds, I rode to the 51st percentile. Mm. And I went, mm, man, that's close. That's like, that's too close. And so that's kind of what set me on the path to, this has got to get better. Like, like I can't, I can't expect guys to, me to have any credibility with anybody other than maybe my brain. Like, and, and some guys may not think that's credible and that's fine. <laughs> but how can a dude that's sitting there smoking, not being able to physically compete, do all these things, yeah. have any credibility with anybody other than, hey man, that dude may know that water puts out fire. Mm-hmm. Great. So that's where I started to try to move myself, not other people, try to move myself into a position just where I had some credibility. I need all the credibility. I just need some credibility. Mm-hmm. So the guys went, okay, um, that's not a fat piece of shit that we can't listen to. Right. It smokes two packs of cigarettes a day. And I just, I couldn't be that guy. So that's what changed. That people mm-hmm. ask, what made you do that? Well, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was that I just couldn't, I'm the one that chose to take the test, right? So I'm the, probably the guy that needs to fix the problem. Mm. Well, and that's one of the things that's <clears throat> truly interesting is like when when you start really trying to, if you say, okay, I want to improve the department, Yeah. it it always comes back to, I want to improve myself. It has to. It, it, it can't go anywhere else. There's no other place because if, if you start saying, I want to improve this guy or I want to improve this guy or I want to improve this system. It's never going to happen. No. Because you, you have zero control over what you have no control over. Sure. Which is all of a, other people, you know. Yeah. It's you only have control of yourself. And it's way easier to change through inspiration than, uh, you know, uh, consequence maybe. Is that the maybe? Oh, right yeah, way? man. I mean, we can say, okay, this is going to be the consequence if you don't. Guys will still come in knowing that they can't just to try it out. Mm-hmm. And that's just fire. That's not just the fire service. That's anytime. That's yeah. people. Yeah. Well, let me see if you're really about that. That's raising a kid. Hey man, if you do that again, I'm going to take your truck away from you. I uh, won't really take my Instantly. truck away from you. Instantly. Yeah. Instantly. Let's see it. Yeah. Let's, let's see, see you do it. it. Cut, cut your dog loose. <laughs> you can cut your wolf loose. Yeah. Wolf. Yeah. yeah. A dog. Well, it's a dog. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Canis. Canis. Yeah. Canine-ish. <laughs> but... So that's uh, that's just people, yeah. and and anyway, that's a. I think we've maybe gotten to the weeds a little bit. But yeah, that's, it's all right. Yeah, we're it's here all right. To talk. Yeah, we're here. We're here. We're um, so let's see here. Let okay. So I haven't actually made it through my first point. Nice. Um, but you were my instructor in 07. That's when we first met. That's what kind of got us. I think started down the the rabbit hole, but. Uh, so, I guess we're 50 minutes in here. We'll How go many? ahead. 50 minutes. So. Five zero? Yeah, but 12 of that was the pre-talking. Wow, okay. So. All right. But, um, so, Bubba Palooza Festival for Christopher Brian Hutton, mm-hmm. June 22nd of 2019. That's the next one, right? That's the next one. And mm-hmm. so, that was one thing on y'all's Facebook group. Mm-hmm. The cover photo is from last year. So oh, I was like actually telling, I've been telling people the wrong date. Oh, wow. That's not good. I, I don't do the, I'm not, I'm not super digitally inclined. Oh, me, me Technology's not my bag. Um, I'll have to get a hold of it. Brian's sister actually runs that. Does so it, that's going to have been a, just a mistake. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No. And I mean, that's the, that's the thing is I, 
everything that I have is six, seven months old. Yeah. Uh, as far as like digital cover, and it's yeah. just such a hassle to change anything. Oh it seems gosh, like yeah. you know. But um, so uh, one of the things I was going to relate this back to uh, fall of '07 because that was the first time I met you, and mm-hmm. in the first time meeting you, you told Brian's story. Okay. Um, yeah, because, because you were you were telling about why you switched from Pantex to the Amarillo Fire Department. Correct. Yeah. Do you want to like? You know, sum that up. You could sum sure, it up I can. Uh, just for the yeah, listeners. I can be pretty quick. Um, Brian and I went to the fire academy together in 01. 01? 01, yeah. Like, uh, I started the fire academy in August of 01 and ran my first call at Randall County Fire sometime in January of 02. Mm. Um, Brian and I started the fire academy together in August of 01. Shortly after that um, was, of course, 9 11. So you find yourself sitting in a fire academy on 9-11. You're wondering, did I pick the, did yeah. I pick the right profession? Like, whoa, yeah. that's crazy. They so, pay us how much? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a, kind, of a weird, kind of a weird transitional phase because yeah. the fire service went from being something like that day that, oh, those guys are just sitting in there playing dominoes, grabbing a paycheck, to really, I think, for that period of time, we became something that, it wasn't accurate either. Mm-hmm. Like we had to land somewhere in the middle of right, those, right? right? We we're not superheroes. Yeah, yeah. But man, we got put on this pedestal, and just it was kind of a weird, just a weird transitional. And and I appreciate people, I really mm-hmm. do. But um, out there doing a job, Ron and I became very, very close friends, like very close friends um, through the fire academy, and we started. Um, as we graduated, I applied and got a job um, with Pantex Fire. I started with Pantex Fire um, August of '02, or maybe September of '02, something like that. How old were you in '01? In '01, so I was born in '78, so I'd have been 22, 23. Were you already married at that point? I was. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was not. <laughs> I got married August the 10th of 2002, and that was the day that I graduated um, the hazmat portion of Fire Academy. Oh, okay. I took my finals that morning, and my wedding was that evening. Wow. Yeah. That could have gone bad. Well, <laughs> you know, if you had to, like, bomb the There's actually, like, actually another guy we gotcha. worked with that did the same thing. Really? Yeah, the very same thing. Brandon Connard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. in the fire academy with him, and he got married on the same day that I, we got married, and we actually honeymooned at the same place. Really? Didn't, it was wow. all planned. We didn't Parallel, even... Parallel, dude. Yeah, we didn't even y'all, know. Y'all are living... It's interesting. I've started noticing this in the fire service, where I'll get to talking to somebody, and I'm like, this is a parallel me. Oh, man. You I know? don't know if Connor's a parallel me, but that's Well, situation. And like... <laughs> so, like, archaeologically, yeah, in the yeah. big scan... Like, oh, I guess that's right. Archaeologically, that's thing, a great Like, word, you're, like, man. the exact same person. Yeah. Even though you're radically like that's what you'd say you, I'm not anything like him. Yeah, if they dug up records, if they dug up records 300 years from now, they'd go, "Wow, these people are very similar." Yeah, they must have been twin brothers, yeah, dude. Like they they, they fire academy, yeah. they graduated, these they dudes married, were best friends. They, they and were. I love Brandon. I do. Brandon's a great guy. Um, but I don't get to see him much. I wish. I'd... Anyway, yeah, and actually, uh, his wife and my wife actually worked together. So archaeologically, oh, they shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do they go to the same school? No, your kids man, I or think about that. Golly, yeah. they think we were tight. I know. And like I said, I love the man, but I don't get to see him very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're getting back into the rabbit hole. So yeah, yeah. So Mary, there. I went to work at Pantex. Um, Brian and I worked the same shift. We uh, volunteered together. Randall County Fire Rescue at the time um, rode out 
lots and lots of times together. Um, and then there's March. Oh man, that that's just been the anniversary. March the 25th. He, I think, is the day he fell out of the fire truck. That may of, have been the 05? day of '05. Of '05, yeah. It may have. He may have fallen on March the 23rd and died on March the 25th. Dang. So we're talking about we're of '05. So we're 14. We're coming up on 15 years next yeah. year. Ooh, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, that's a it's a it's a hard it's a hard subject to talk about. Um, I think about Brian every day, uh, and just the kind of the difference that he's made really in my life and all that, but uh, I was at Pantex when it happened. I was on duty, and uh, one of my one of my friends came to me and said, hey, you know, this has happened. And they actually let me go. The lieutenant I was working with at the time, she, uh, she said, hey, if you need to go, you can go. Well, I was on my motorcycle that night, and... Uh, she was like, are you riding your motorcycle? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, all right, I'll let you go, but let me take you to the hospital. Mm. And I was like, no, I need the ride. And so she gave me this talk. Hey, you've got to promise me you're not going to run that thing 150 miles an hour down the road, you know, this and that. Yeah. Out. yeah. So I didn't, I, I, I still remember the, the ride vividly back to the hospital. Um, I got to the hospital. It was the waiting room there in SI was filled up with uh, lots of Amarillo firemen. The chief, um, just people I didn't know, people I did know, people, of course, that I know now. And, uh, man, it was somber, just somber. His nurse was actually a friend of mine, um, come to find out later. And uh, then Brian passed away two days after that. And it was like a shift in the force, man. Ladders tip to tip, white gloves. Just just a weird, just a, just a somber, somber thing, man. And just, a you, you lose somebody in the line of duty. You don't really think, Hey, that's, that's really, that doesn't really happen. Mm, yeah. It's like every movie. Yeah. Like this every is a fire movie. department this movie. This really doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And if it does happen, it's going to be far removed from me. Right. It's not somebody that I'm best friends with. Correct. So the last thing that's kind of interesting, um, as you look at the IFF Memorial Wall, Brian's name's on there. From this part of the country, um, and then there's another man named Jody Baker who I grew mm-hmm. up with. Him and I were great friends. I know all three of those boys. He was killed on the way to work, which goes down as a line of duty. So the last two line of duties that IFF has recognized have been friends of mine. Mm. It's kind of weird. Don't be my friend. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not hard. <laughs> that's not hard. Wow, man, that's stinging. You say it, like that. <laughs> it stings. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So after after that happened, um, I was sitting on. We were at the funeral, and I was sitting next to um, Dirk Robinson. Was on his motorcycle, and we'd done the escort down there. And I said, you know, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna take the test. I took the test, and that was all she wrote. Yeah. So you switched over from Pantex, which was you're probably making. I took a $33,000 pay cut, $33, pay cut to, to join a department where you're going to be a lot busier, doing a lot more work, a lot ha- a lot more hassle and stuff. But it is kind of an interesting – the uh, the job is interesting in that sense that, um, you know, people might say, oh, y'all just sit around and play dominoes or uh, 
I've had people like look in our basket and say, "Well, what are we buying you to eat tonight? Oh, what, you know, what are we buying you? Yeah. What are we buying you for dinner and stuff like that?" And it's it's funny because part of the job, um, and I've said this. This is one of the things I've said to rookies before, as I've told them is, if we're not busy, if we're not running calls, all we are is janitors. Mm-hmm. That's all we are. I mean, I sweep them off the station, and we keep everything clean, and we keep all the equipment. Maintain. Up to up to par, but if we're not running calls, uh, not not as a diss on janitors by any means. Oh no no no! But but as whenever people come up to you in the grocery store and they say, "Oh hey, I really want to thank you for your service." And it's like, well, I haven't run a sing- like a significant call mm-hmm. in uh, two months. Well, you know? and this is what my father-in-law told me though years ago. He said, "Man, we we pay you for your availability. Right? That we are available." To go do whatever. So if you think about some of the things you've heard firemen do, okay, I, always, I put it to my mother like this. She was, I, I did a, <laughs> I pranked her on the phone one time when I was at work, <laughs> and she wasn't happy about it. She said, "Oh, you guys are doing." She was one of those sitting down there. And yeah. So I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." She said, "If that's what I'm paying for," I said, "Stop, just a second. I said, "You're saying I'm overpaid." I said, "Yeah." I said, "Okay." And this is going to be a little graphic, so mute the next 15 seconds if you don't want to hear a little bit of graphic. Yeah. How much would somebody have to pay you to see a decapitated child? She said, I would no amount of money. I said, then by your standard, I'm grossly underpaid. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the thing, man, that it doesn't, none of it matters till it matters. Right. That we stay trained, we keep our equipment maintained, and then... When the bad things happen, most people wouldn't take a dollar amount to go do what yeah. we do. How much, how much do I have to pay you to catch a projectile vomit right in the dead center of your pants? Yep. Like, right? Or I in mean, the face. Belt, belt buckle, face. Dude, speaking of that, I was with a guy in the back of an ambulance one time, and a patient set up on the cot, and farmer blew right on his forehead, man, just... <laughs> Just because this dude was pissed. So how much does that cost? Oh yeah, now you yeah. start putting costs to that. And people are like, oh, I don't want a piece Get of that. Get hit with a loogie right in the face. Yeah, you know, like I don't how want much? A piece of that. It's funny. Um, one of the times that you know, one of the chiefs, one of the upper upper guys came and he wanted to do ride-alongs and eat dinner with everybody. Oh, I'll I remember that remember guy. That. I remember that guy. And uh, it was funny because I I like that guy. He was one of my uh, instructors in the academy, but now he's been removed from the street for a while. Yeah. So we get a call, and he kind of got, it seemed like he got excited. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. We go hop on the the car or in the truck, and we go to this medical call when this guy was in a car. Mm -hmm. And we were having to help this guy from the car onto a cot. And no joke, we stand him up and a turd rolls out of the bottom oh, of his no. pants, you know? And I'm sitting there, it was just like, I turned and looked instantly and said, this is what it's like. Yeah. This is what it's like welcome down back. here. Yeah, welcome welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to literally the shit show. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to see a turd roll out yeah. of the pants, you know? Oh, and man. it was, hey, we got to finish dinner whenever we go back home, yeah, by man. the way. Yeah, you know? Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, wash, wash your, your hands your before hands. you eat. Oh man, yeah, it is one of those things like and that's the it's the hardest part to explain to somebody how you can go from two o'clock, you're at a dead at two o'clock in the morning, you're at a dead sleep, you, you know, you're woken up. The next thing you see, you literally will remember what you see for the next twenty minutes for the rest of your life. And then you go back to the station, you gotta go back to bed, 
Then you get home the next morning and you're drinking coffee with your wife. Yeah, man. Yeah, you, know, you know, six hours later, and yeah, she says, so. "How was your shift?" Uh, oh, it was great. Yeah, I didn't, didn't do anything. You know, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's so weird. Man. It is. It's a weird. Uh, it's a weird environment. It's just a. All it's of a us, unique environment. All yeah. of us got told that piece too. I don't think any of us really understand. You can't. No, understand you don't it. understand it. It's impossible to understand it. It's like having a kid. You don't you, understand. You, it. you don't understand it until, like, uh, until it's four in the morning and they threw up all over themselves and you have to change the sheets and yeah. just. But then that just becomes the standard. That's yeah. that's, that's what okay. You do. Yeah, it's okay, and it's actually fun. It's, yeah. It ends up being a great thing. Yeah. Um. So back into Bubba Palooza. So, uh, Randall King, Cameron mm-hmm. Nelson. Speaking of my fire academy, yeah, J.W. Yeah. Lane. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, good friends with J.W. Lane since your fire academy. Yeah. Did you know him before the fire academy, or is it um, you met him in the fire academy? Yeah. No, I didn't meet him in the fire academy. I met him. He did a ride along um, with Engine Seven back when I was a rookie. He was like a sixteen-year-old kid. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I think yeah. he's my age. I think that's we're the, the same very age. first time I ever met him. Is he came and did a ride along um, while it was my rookie year at fire department. Mm. Yeah, J Dub and I've known each other a long time, man. Yeah, yeah. He was him and uh, Turbush, and I think are they cousins? Or are they related? I don't think so. No. They were just friends. Know, maybe, yeah. I can't remember. They, I didn't they always Turbush was in that account. Yeah, he, they sat next to each other. They were on the... Uh, we were third rowers, I believe. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think we were actually in the same engine company, air quotes. I like you know? it. I like it. Um, but, so that's awesome. And uh, so what does the money go to benefit for this? So for the last... Uh, so we started this thing... To supplement a scholarship fund that Brian's family had set up after his passing. Um, they set up uh, the Brian Hunt Memorial Scholarship Fund. It's, it's administered and run through the Amarillo Area Foundation. Hmm. Um, it was funded as a, um, as a scholarship for first responders' children hmm. um, in the area. So basically, hey, this is for... This is for for y'all is basically how uh, Paul put it when I talked to him. Um, it started out as a $500 scholarship um, with the funds that we've raised put in. They've raised it to a $1,000 scholarship. Um, we'll continue to put money into that scholarship until it's 100% solvent and we're probably giving away. My goal, and I haven't talked to Kyle or Paul um, about it, um, but, or Janet, my goal is to get that thing where it gives away a couple $2,500 scholarships a year. Mm. And then we can start a Brian Hunt Memorial Foundation. That rather than just saying, hey, first responders, kids, here's your, some college money. But building something, man, I've got 15 years to do it. To where if a little kid needs a pair of shoes mm. and mom doesn't know where to get the pair of shoes, man, submit this request. Let's see what this foundation can do. That's, that's really what I'd like to do. We're not gonna we're not gonna be sending anybody to college full ride, but man, some of those little things sometimes oh, it can yeah. change people's lives. And, and Brian was about helping people, and so if he can continue to help people, like he may need a little bit of our help to do it, but if he can continue to help people, that makes it all worth it. Well, and people just need a name to 
rally behind. Sure. You know, you need a symbol, you need a name, and you need a goal. Sure, and, and, and everybody knew Homer's <clears throat> backyard ball. Mm-hmm. Um, as luck would have it, not luck. I mean, Make a Wish made a, a Homer's was a big a big contributor. Make a Wish, it did a lot of things, but some things ended up happening at Homer's, and they shut that down the year we started up. Mm. So I would like that clientele to continue to yeah to play into what we're doing and maybe get behind it and maybe um, Make a Wish is a great organization. They do a lot of things for a lot of people, but I think having long term goal. A foundation that was local that could do some of the things not to make a wishes caliber or thing and it may be a pop dream dexter i don't know but man i just love the idea of being able to help kids out like that well i mean that's the thing is every every like make a wish what was the start of make a wish yeah, how did it start it was probably five hundred dollars it was probably somebody just saying i want to make a change for these kids and for their families yeah and it grows and it, and as it builds and it's like a same thing with the <clears throat> press on foundation Coben puckett he's yep. one of my buddies um you know he he had nothing to do with spinal cord anything until he was injured with spinal cord mm-hmm. shows him this world that this whole side of life that um hey it's hard to make make the bills you know it's hard yeah. to it's hard to pay the bills for some for these people to get their therapy so now he says well how about i can let let me see if i can help people make the make the payments you know yeah and so something like that starts up and whoever need, i mean i guess a lot of people could assume that people would need that but it takes the right person being in the right circumstance to start something and then what it grows into I mean, it can it can turn into anything, dude. Yeah. It can yeah. it can have like a like an atomic effect where it starts out really small and ends up. Yeah, I would I would love to see. Um, you know, we've we've got great support right now. The foundation that's built here, um, and I don't know what your other points are, but I'll start with Starlight Ranch. Mm-hmm. When we 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 did the first one of these in a fireman's, he had some ten acres or something like that. We did in his field on a trailer, um, a semi trailer. Planned it on a shoestring budget. Didn't have any money. We called it Shrek Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- so you can ask me your question now because this will segue into the, the her question about what's with the name. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so Instagram Jamie spelled correctly. That's her Instagram handle. Um, she's relation to to a firefighter, a current firefighter. She asked the question, "What's to the name?" She actually asked it to both of us. She asked Good. it to about the. Panhandle Primate, I'm assuming that's what she was going towards, and also Bubble Palooza. So let's hit up Bubble Palooza first. All right. So the first one we did, we call it Shrek Fest because at Amarillo Fire, uh, Brian's name was, or nickname was Shrek. They called him Shrek. I never called him that. Um, I didn't know him at Amarillo Fire, though. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to call it Shrek Fest. The group of guys that started the first one of these just to, hey, let's do something for the 10 year anniversary. Let's put this together and do it. Said okay, so they call it Shrek Fest. And when we picked it up, we missed a year because we couldn't find a venue. Mm. Um, last year, about this time, I got a hold of Bobby Lee out at the Big Texan, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll sponsor it. Let's do it." So that's the reason it's at Starlight Ranch. You know, it, we get a hundred percent of the gate and full use of his staff and all that stuff. Mm. It's He's an amazing sponsor. Um, it's an amazing venue, but he had some issues with 
Shrek Fest because he wasn't sure that he wanted any liability from DreamWorks on the right, deal. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was like, dude, Shrek is a trademarked yeah, character. He's like, man, I don't know that we need to, not positive we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and through some of that counsel, you know, he's a smart guy. So through some of that counsel, went back and started talking to some of some of uh, the people that have helped. Uh, Richard Thompson's been very, very involved in some of the marketing. Came up with some different names. We submitted a group of different names, all of them that meant something. And I forgive me, I don't remember a bunch of them. Richard came up with several and all meant something. Well, Brian's sister used to call him Bubba. And so nobody else called him Bubba, I don't think, but Kyla called him Bubba. Uh, and so Rich had come up with Bubba Palooza because it's kind of down homey, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of screams music festival. It kind of screams Amarillo music festival. Yeah. And so, and we couldn't find another Bubba Palooza that there was one in Georgia, but we weren't going to get into anybody's trademark problems mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. So, um, we submitted that and we called it Bubba Palooza. Nice. And I wasn't a big fan at first, but I think I'm a big fan now. I yeah. think it, it the, some of the marketing stuff, some of the it, it came out pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, I liked I liked Shrek Fest just yeah. because it was you know it was just a cool name and but Bubba Palooza definitely it's like one of those things that if you're not from like uh, I imagine like let's say somebody sitting in New York yeah. it's never been to Amarillo, never been to this area of the country, they. <laughs> They have a different perspective of what, like, uh, a redneck event, a bonfire, sitting around drinking Coors Light, listening to country music. I mean, Shannon, my wife grew up in Bushland. Oh, yeah. And if if there is Bubba country, it is Bushland, Texas. Like, that's, that's Bubba country. Like, that's... And when you meet the uh, quote-unquote Bubbas, they're not these one-dimensional... No. Uh, like backwards or any, they're normal people, like you would imagine. So people think of rednecks. You know, Jeff Foxworthy kind of made that a, a, a punchline. It's a punchline, right? What I've found out is that people that other, that really refined people call rednecks are folks that just enjoy having a good time. Mm-hmm. Whether that's in the mud, listening to music, drinking beer, most of them going to church, whatever is a good time, finding a good time, let's do it. Not a big fan of the cops hanging out where they are. Yeah. Like, let's just go have fun, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that's uh, that's that's kind of the crowd that we play to. Um, it's weird, though, that you're exactly right. A town of almost, with the hub being here, a town of surrounding areas, you're looking at 250,000, a quarter million people. And when you say Bubba Palooza, we, I mean, people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Well, and it, what's funny is uh, it's not exclusion. Like, it's not an exclusive event. Like, what, what always cracks me up is, like, to go to, like, the, what is it, the the stockyards down in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and you look around, and everybody's cowboys. Yeah. You look around, and everybody's wearing these cowboys, and you look, and it's like, these are not all cowboys. Yeah. A lot of them are dressing up to be cowboys. Correct. Because they want to be, they want to the experience right? yeah. the Bubba life, yeah, you know? Man. They want to they wanna be it, so... It's kind of one of those things. It's a. It's just an excuse to listen to some good country, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people don't distinguish Texas country outside of the Texas Panhandle. A lot of people don't understand that there is a big difference between 
pop country and Texas country. Especially nowadays, right? Oh, yeah. It's getting Holy even. Holy cow. Well, and I, I feel like that's every genre. There, yeah, There's a difference so. between mainstream hip-hop and then uh, true to their guns. or. Well, I was know. listening to Snoop Dogg the other day make fun of what he calls mumble rappers. Yeah, yeah, mumble rap. Right? He thought that that was funny. And so I thought, wow, that's the rap music I grew up on was <laughs> not, and I haven't listened to, I guess I I still listen to rap music quite a bit. So, But I never drew that distinction. I think that maybe happens in country music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's definitely. I mean, you got like, a, what is it, Keith Urban? Mm. Isn't he Australian? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like not He's, to say that they're not cowboys or whatever, yeah, man, but they're right? not Texas, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, I guess they're all. The reason we started kind of with Red Dirt Country Music, though, um, Texas Country Music, is because Brian was a huge fan. Huge fan. He wore a Pat Green hat like most days. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> he loved Red Dirt Country Music. He introduced me to Red Dirt Country oh, Music. Oh, really? So that's kind of the direction we went. Now, as this thing gets bigger, like if you can book the right Nashville star, there's there's plenty of Nashville listening people here, right? Yeah, if you can yeah. book the right Nashville star for the right price, we're looking to get people in the gates. Mm-hmm. It's a great cause. We want people in the gates. And like you said, it's about having a good time. Correct. You Every, have, a, yeah. have a good time, build something bigger than you, and just relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's one of the, just to reiterate real quick before we move on about the redneck mm-hmm. lifestyle. Um, I had the pleasure of getting my neck sunburned the other day working on a fence. And it's one of those where you do a day of, of uh, the type of labor that is typically called upon for the middle class man. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not the glorious thing that a lot of people imagine. You know, it's not the uh, it's getting sunburnt. And yeah. what's fun to do when you get sunburnt is drink some cold beer, yeah. chill out. You know, like take it easy, relax. It's it's kind of one of those things I think a lot of people uh, underestimate, and they like to judge people based off of what they do to relax, and they don't ever take into account what they do for the society you yeah. know it's kind of ig- yeah. a, an aspect that's ignored yeah but and I don't think it should be ignored yeah um, yeah uh, Adam Hood sings a song talking about tractors ain't sexy and working's hard yeah for small town people yeah. like me yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like I know that we like to sing about all this great stuff that's happening on the farm but come work you know like me come work on my farm a little bit yeah. man yeah, I'll put you to work yeah it's a uh, it's not it's not uh, laying out on the on the hood of a tractor no, and man. you know flexing there's sometimes that happens I, you know <laughs> I did started working on a farm when I was 14 years old and I didn't quit until I got a job in town at like 21. I never laid on the hood of the tractor and flipped. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't ever think it was sexy. You'd like burn sweat. the shit out of your out of your flank if yeah, you laid on the hood. It's horrible. Best times of my life. They were horrible. Oh yeah, that that's one of the things. It's like having kids. Oh, man. It's equally the best thing that will ever happen to you, and the, the worst, most, thing. most trying thing. Mm. Not the worst thing. It could so so that's. I don't know. I don't. I I think the worst thing might be the best way to describe it. You because, think? Well, see, because this is the thing: is it takes something from you. Oh yeah. It it takes um it takes your uh when you you know when your relaxation like Shannon and I we've both been complaining about our shoulders. It's like man, my shoulders hurt. You know, I'm like I'm like you know whenever I go to bed at night, 
I can't get my arms in the right position and I'm just it's this like strain and this and the other night I was actually up at the station I was laying in bed and I took a deep breath and like there was one moment of like relaxation that actually hit my back and I felt all these muscles in my back and it was like oh oh okay that's what it is is it's the stress of life that's like slowly growing that you're like that you're just you and then before you realize it you're so ratcheted up and so like that's the thing is what having a kid takes from you is those moments where you uh literally have nothing to worry about except for oh what am i doing tonight you know like i can remember whenever i was 21 on the fire department and it was you know, zero responsibilities, and I would hit four o'clock, and I'd say, yeah. "Yeah, I guess I'll run and grab a six pack, uh-huh. and maybe grab some food, and I'll chill out on the front porch and strum my guitar." Right? It's funny, man. Now, and I don't know, I don't think it was y'all's first date, but y'all hadn't been dating very long. We all went to that baseball game. Oh yeah, remember? Oh yeah. And you were still just the Dillas. Yeah, the Dillas, man. I don't remember who all was there, but Shannon was there, and she looked kind of overwhelmed with all this these firemen around. Mm-hmm. We were trying to embarrass you. Run her off. Yeah, as we were pretty as sure that she wasn't going to stick around. And lo and behold, man, here she is. She was a bushlandite, man. Yeah, man. She was used to it. Yeah, she, she was knew. used to it. She knew. Uh, I, yeah, I think her that. parents were there and my parents, I think, were all there. I think it was. Yeah, because we, we, we went back to your house, seems like, maybe yeah, after drink that and drank some beers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, you had this such. The look of complete and total infatuation on your face. Oh, I know. Like, Watch dude. the baseball game, Dexter. <laughs> I'm not that into baseball. <laughs> no, uh, I am. I know. <laughs> well, it was one of those funny things, man. Like, uh, it was. It's like weird whenever you. And I feel like it, there's multiple different things in life that this comes along. Like maybe when you find the job that you really want, yeah. or maybe. But like whenever Shan and I started dating, it was like pretty quickly on. It was like, oh, okay, we're. This is like my person. We're yeah. gonna we're pretty much stuck together from yeah. now on. You know, it, yeah. it felt like that very early on, and I think part of the reason was she grew up with two older brothers, mm-hmm. and then she also grew up in bushland riding dirt bikes and you know being kind of one of the guys in a sense. Yeah. And so like right off the bat, it was like okay, she'll fit in. Yeah. She's not gonna slow me down any. Yeah. You know, she's actually if anything, she actually called me a wuss multiple different oh, times. Man, like hard. early yeah. on, she's like, yeah. hey. You gonna let this stop you? You gonna be a little baby about this thing? You know, like, like and it's like, okay, well, I guess. Did you say yes? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't know me very well. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm stopping right now. I'm quit. stopping right now. I'm gonna do this. So, um, couple of. So this is the third year of this. This is the. Th- this is the second year for Bubba Palooza, but okay. this will be our third music festival. Okay. One of them under the name Shrek Fest. And last year y'all had some rain and some uh, oh, dude. pretty stressful day. It was, a, it was a stressful, stressful day. That's what's funny is your goal is to make it to where everybody has fun, mm-hmm. but you're almost guaranteeing that you're not going to have any dude, fun. Dude, I didn't have any fun. I didn't <laughs> even hear a song that got played. Really? Just so, running all over the place. So last year... It rained, and it rained on Sam Riggs' brand new mix, mixing board. Oh, love that. Right? And so his manager, who's, you don't deal with these artists much, but his tour manager or whoever he was came and was like, hey, man, we're probably not playing. So I had this whole park full of people, right? Bobby had told me, hey, man, you need to get some people that 
you can have contacts with us. Like, man, I can handle. That's me, right? I can handle it. Yeah, I got, I got this. Hey, listen here. Yeah. You just stay in your lane, yeah. bro. Yeah. Have you, you ever just man- You just manage this music venue. I'm yeah. gonna run this thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was like, okay. So they're running everything through me, as they said they would. Uh-huh. I'm gonna get this guy. He says, man, we're not, we're not gonna be able to play. And I just, it was like somebody to kick me in the nuts, man. And so stressed out a little bit. Right there, um, and this is the launch year. This is people are gonna. This is this is either there was a zero percent chance of rain that day, and it rained a half an inch or better yeah. on that venue right before, uh, like right after the first band started or something. We broke it down and they went on and I'm going back to JW. He saw the look on my face. JW and I have been friends a long time, and he was like, "Vinny, what's up?" And I said, "Sam Riggs's manager just told me they weren't playing," and he was like, "All right." We'll play it. I'll play for two and a half hours if I have to. It doesn't matter. We'll play it. Well, Sam Riggs actually walked in later, ready to play. The manager told him, there's water in the mixing board, and we're not going to He was like, stop. There's not a chance that I don't play a benefit for a Fallen Firefighters concert or for a Fallen <laughs> Fire Scholarship Fund. Like, there's not a chance that that happens. He's looking at this guy telling him, we're playing it. Go turn on the mixing board. Yeah. He's like, well, what if he's like, just go turn it on, dude. Yeah. That thing's designed to have beer spilled on it. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, that little bit of rain didn't hurt the mix. Go turn it on. We're playing the event. And so that actually, I was able to settle down a little mm-hmm. bit. And they played it as a great show. But... There for a little bit, man. This guy was telling me, no, don't think we're going to play. That's stressful. Oh, yeah. Real stressful. Wow. Ugh. Yeah, and like, I mean, it being a launch year and having a park full of people, like you said, all this, and it's like, ugh, you know, but at least JW was there to be able to step Mm. up and say like, look, dude, ain't no big deal. They'll they'll have music. Yeah. These people, by that point in the night, all these people need us some music. Yeah, they came to see Sam Ridge. We're just going to yeah. tell him, hey, man, he he didn't play, but he came in. He was like, no, we're playing. Mm. He looked at me and was like, we're playing, man. Like, we'll figure it out. It's not yeah. that big a deal. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you, you deal with the, the management and you have all this in, drama. It, drama, man. It's bureaucracy. Drama. It's bureaucracy, dude. Like, it's this thing. Yeah. It's like, no. What do we need to get done? Yeah. And there's people here that are going to do it. Yeah. Let's let's just let's relax. Everybody yeah. take a step back. Chill out. I'm going to have three guys with earpieces, though, this year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so that if, like, I can handle it all. Figured that out. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I can say, hey, tap in, right? Hey, go, you, go see about this. Delegating. Yeah, man. I'll deal, I'll deal with the artists themselves, but if a little kid dropped their hamburger and wants a free one... Like that's not something I need to go see. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll have I'll have a couple dudes. Shout out to Randy Johnson. He's yeah, gonna be one of those guys. Randy. Randy. Hashtag FireFit. FireFit. Oh yeah, man. We did that. He helped out a lot last year. FireFit, great sponsor. Oh yeah, dude, man. Randy's a great dude, man. Yeah, man. I and he donated the fire hydrant, right? Mm-hmm. That the that PIV now will be. It's gonna be yeah. It's, it's gonna be part of this deal now. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be auctioned off every year but it's going to stay at uh, Bobby wants it to be part of their decor as soon as you come in Which the gate awesome. it's going to be a big Bubba Palooza um, monument monument if you is, will is monument a it's going to be something people are going to see it when they come in and, and it's going to they're going to like auction off uh, plaques right like uh, correct like plaques to yeah. put on it and stuff and yeah yeah that's a super cool deal man uh, so and, and that all happened because Eric Monday won it and gave it back 
So if you wanted and kept it, we wouldn't have had that idea. So right. shout out to Eric for yeah for throwing that idea out there because I didn't have that idea. That's not my idea. That was all Eric. Well, and that's part of the reason you uh, need to be open to having other people involved because new ideas, new things. I mean, like Eric wasn't necessarily part of the planning of this, yeah. but a quick idea he had, hey, how about this? Yeah. Boom, now you've got this whole new aspect of the event and advertising for the event. Because now you're going to have people going to country shows sure. and different shows at that venue all the time. And they're going to be seeing this bubble blues that's instantly in their head sure. now all the time. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's a super cool. cool. That's a super cool aspect. And it's pretty easy to get people to rally around like helping firefighters. Yep. You know, and, and a great cause in that sense. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, I'll throw out a quick uh, back to Jamie's question. What's the purpose of the name of Panhandle Primate? It's funny because we actually already hit on it in this episode. So, you know, I was talking about archaeologically, y'all are the same dudes. Yeah. So that's what the name Panhandle Primate is actually about. It's like archaeologically, they're going to look back. And I actually <clears throat> don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of difference between me and you. Oh, probably. They're going to look back and they're going to say, this was a slice of persons, you yeah. know, which I think is uh, not to get necessarily religious, but part of the reason I got the idea was because with Jesus, how he used all these parables, mm -hmm. what he was using is a placeholder. Sure. The Roman uh, soldier, the prostitute at the well, the crazy ass man who's like, you can't go within 10 feet of him or he's going to yeah. release a demon on you, you know? Like, we all know those people in our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, so those stories all have these placeholders. And that's what I saw started seeing myself as, is Dexter Kearley is a placeholder for this general swath of humanity, you know? Yeah. This, like, strata yeah. is how I've kind of thought of it, like a strata of person, yeah. you know? I remember when you said, Vinny, thinking about starting a podcast. <laughs> I was a swing lieutenant at the time. I was like, Dex, what the hell are you going to talk about, man? I can remember telling you, dude, if you start that, though, like if people are listening, they're going to expect that to like keep going. Yeah. Like, how much do you have to talk about? And so far... You've put out way more podcasts than I can listen to, so I'm proud of you. I'm 57, like, Fifty-seven, dude. This is cow. this is number fifty-seven. Wow, that is just. I I was like, wow, he did it, man. He yeah. did it. It's weird, you know. It's weird because I talked about it for a while, yeah. and then I started it, and then one of the things I realized once you start something, it's easy to keep it going. Yeah. But the hard part is starting it. Yeah. And then you know, I've had people say that before. I've had people say, uh. Because sometimes I'll do a ramble show where it's just me talking for however long it lasts, you know? And somebody was like, man, I there's no way I could talk for an hour and a half, like literally to myself. And yeah. it was like, ah, I can make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk to myself for an hour yeah. and a half. If you need people to ramble, just call me. I'm sure I can find people that don't have a problem talking. Oh, yeah. Hour. Well, that's the thing. I mean, in the Texas panhandle, I knew I wasn't going to have a have trouble yeah. you get somebody to open up and instantly you have four hours of conversation sure. actually shannon tells me i'm not allowed to talk to people a lot of times in public because i end up <laughs> getting caught up in a 45 to an hour long conversation yeah. she's like dexter let's go yeah but she doesn't want to be the bad guy you know yeah. it's like i need a bad guy in my life yeah. somebody that's like 
you know, telling me what to do. So, yeah. but I like it. Anyway, that's the point of the name for Jamie spelled correctly. To touch on Stephen Pierce, the angry ginger. Um, Man, and we recorded that. He says, "Did Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego?" That was his Instagram question. You know, first of all, he's showing his age there. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. That was like what? What? Uh, we're gonna go back to the early '90s here. Yeah, really? <laughs> the hell. So, and you've got this on a recording earlier, but we're, I'm going to put it in the podcast, man. If he keeps asking stupid questions like that, we, you don't live we're, far from him. No, it. we're a short jaunt. Yeah, over man, there. we'll just go over there. Kick. I'll let you hold him down, and I'll just Rochambeau him until he turns red. And, yeah, which... Well, he's kind of ruddy as Yeah, it's, which won't take yeah. long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny, because, like, Pierce is another one. He, I, uh, he swung into Central. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was a rookie at Central. So I met him, you know, probably my first two months, three months on the job. And it's like those people when you, you get that initial snapshot of somebody. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that's exactly who that person is. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no uh, yeah, false no tr- flag. Nah, or, you got zero trouble being Steven. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Not a problem. Dude, one of the funniest stories I've ever heard was him getting in a yelling match with an officer during his rookie year over loading. No, it wasn't an officer, it was a driver. It's me. What's he? <laughs> no, that's me. That's funny. That's who. He looked at me, looked at me, and I said, I said, hey, man, you got that ladder turned around wrong. And he looked at me and he said, you can't put a ladder up and take it out butt first. And I was like, oh. <laughs> no shit. Thanks for letting me know that, man. No, and we got back on the truck, and that was his first or second day on the job. Steve Barrera made buy ice cream for yelling at a driver. Is that the first time you ever yelled at the driver? Yeah. <laughs> it won't be the last. Yeah, that's it won't for be sure. The last. It was great, man. As he's about to become a captain. Sweating. <laughs> Sweating. Dude, that dude sweats like a champ, man. Uh, that's what separates us as uh, the men from the boys. Yeah, so. as a as a dominant long distance animal God. is our ability to sweat. Do you know that? Yeah, I knew that. We can sweat better than any other animal. We can. That's a super cool. Aspect. Horses sweat a lot. They do sweat a lot, but they are not as good at long distance. As humans are. I'm surprised they didn't use humans for the Pony Express. Just ride the human. The problem is we don't have a lot of power. Oh. That's our issue. You know? <laughs> it's like we can carry a satchel of water and some seeds. We can't just care. Load up on some fat dude telling yo. Yeah, we, piggyback <laughs> ride across. <laughs> I bet that dude. That that's one of the questions I've had with the. Uh, uh, with the Comanche from this area yeah, back yeah. in the day before the horses uh, altered their culture mm-hmm. you know before the Spanish landed there yeah. was no horses yeah so how did these people get across these Dude, lands have you so I'm gonna throw a book out there to bring out the Comanche there's a book called Empire of the Summer Moon I have got you read it. it yeah yeah wow, man there you go they were a they were a people that uh, was dominated and pushed around by a lot because they said they were a short ruddy unassuming mm-hmm. Just not not a uh, not, not a force a to be person, yeah, not like, a force to be reckoned with at the time. And then give him a horse. Well, see, and that's what's interesting is Shannon's taking this Western class right now, mm-hmm. and she said that um, most Indians, like eighty-seven percent of the tribes, were all sedentary. 
Mm-hmm. They they all were farmers. They actually farmed land. They were not nomadic. Yeah. So there was only these small tribes that were nomadic, and the Comanche was one of them. So, of course, what happens to nomadic peoples whenever there are established, you know, type uh, armies, you know? They get beat up a lot of the time yeah. until you put them on in a tank or until you put yeah. them on a horse, like the Mongols, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that but we're really chasing rabbits here, but this is an awesome point you made. You know, the, the Apaches used to take up a lot of this part of the country years and years and years before the Comanche got the horse. Mm. And the reason that the Apaches have been pushed way into Arizona and New Mexico was because of the Comanches and their horses. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah. it, it's it would have been... I've heard this, and I don't exactly know if this statistic is right, but they said that by the time Western expansion happened, mm-hmm. like 90% of the Indians' population had been decimated by disease. Really? So, like, yeah, before the Western expansion happened, part of the reason that the Indians were conquered so quickly was because they were decimated, their population had been decimated. And part of the reason, this is another thing that's crazy, is they said that the reason that the buffalo herds were so large was because the the native population had been such so affected by disease that the main predator of buffaloes was people and people dropped dramatically low so the number of buffalo exploded so by the time the westerners got out here it's like there's millions and millions and millions of buffalo it's cuz they were unchecked because all the people had been decimated for a couple of generations by that point you know wow it's kind of wild stuff. Yeah, history like that's wild. It is crazy to think, you know, and, and a lot of that, what's crazy, another thing with Shannon taking this Western class, is a lot of it's been whitewashed for American consumption. Well, we... They call it they call it the American Holocaust oh, in yeah. other places of the world, mm-hmm. you know? We, we're not taught about it like that, like that millions and millions and millions of a native culture were, you know, killed and taken out. Humanity itself, man, if you look at other cultures, this just isn't the white man versus, it's not anybody specific versus anybody else. But humans have had the propensity to look at other human beings as less than human. And anytime you do that, anytime you say, well, the, the natives aren't really human, so we can exterminate them. Or Africans aren't really human, so we can empower or make them do what we want yeah. them to do or Jews aren't really human so anytime you take that human aspect off well, of the that, Chinese the, the Japanese Chinese, yeah. the oh, Japanese did it with the Chinese they said yeah. well they're not really they're, they're not, not really Japanese yeah, they're like, not they're human. Not. and so that's a like understanding that you know what just because you may look different than me you're still a human we treat everybody because like you and I do what we do to try to protect our slice of humans mm-hmm Right, that's what that's what we're that's what I'm in the business to do. I assume that's what you're in the business to do, and so it's always been so weird to me that we have people, or that have pieces of people in snapshots in time where oh, well, that's not really a human. What? Yes, it is. Well, it's all about what's normalized to Correct. the culture because, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people think that one of our biggest critiques from the future of humanity will be our treatment of animals. You know, like think about uh, how many lab rats have literally been tortured to death or tortured to near death and then brought back and then tortured to near death. And, and it's, everybody says, well, it's just a rat. 
But it's like, okay, well, if it was just a rat, that'd be one thing. But whenever it's this huge laboratory of death, but we, we, uh, we normalize it and we say, oh, it's science, right? Because I want mascara that's not going to make my eyeball, like, break out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's kill, like, a million mice, yeah. you know, just so that my eyeball doesn't break out whenever I put this, like, yeah. makeup on yeah. my lashes and shit, you yeah. know? Nobody's highlight. Well, I guess they're stopping, you know, uh, practice stuff on animals as much, mm-hmm. you know, like cosmetics and stuff. That's kind of a thing. But if people knew where cosmetics came from, they wouldn't wear them. Oh, I know. Well, that's the weirdest thing about like. So that's one of the things I like about firefighting is it's uh, and EMS first response. We all see it. There's no face or there's no mask. No, no mask. The mask is removed. We see we see all of society, and it's actually. It's uh, not as diabolical and as uh, heinous as you might imagine. It's really just a lot of confused, lost, you know, even the bad stuff that happens. Most of it's out of, out of, uh, not intention. What's the other word of intention? It's like out of, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know, buddy. Like somebody that drives drunk. Oh. Right? They're not necessarily trying intentionally to kill an entire family. But they happen to do that because of their actions, right? So it is an evil act Mm -hmm. that is perpetrated by somebody who is not intentionally being evil, you know? Yeah, no intent to do that, but you knew better. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of the things about that I think happens whenever you take a face off or your mask off and you see somebody's real face is you realize that most of the evil of the world is not... Um, intentional. Intentional. It's it's not thought out. It's not like, hey, we're gonna treat them like they're yeah. not human. Nobody's it's not everybody's incidental. Adolf Hitler, right? Do what? Not everybody's Adolf Hitler. Right. 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 That, so that ever, was yeah. That was in, that was completely intentional. But um, you look at the Westerners and back on the, the Westerners and and the Indian population. Well, for us to expand, we and they're not refined. They don't speak our language. They mm-hmm. have to do this and this and that. They're not really humans. So you normalize that, and we saw it. In, we saw it with segregation mm-hmm. in the fifty. I mean, it continues to happen. Yeah, it continues to happen. Well, the and now it's taken this weird shift towards uh, not even to get into politics, but it's taken this weird shift into a political sphere. Sure, where you start to uh, say this other side is not as not a person because of this view or this understanding or this perception, when in reality. None of us, a hundred percent, like can back up what we believe. But you know, like nobody can, you know, and can say you're a hundred percent accurate with your belief system. Yeah, I mean, because your opinion doesn't necessarily make you right. Because it, I'm the only guy whose opinion makes the right. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are. Well, that's the funniest thing is I. I'm pretty sure, and granted, a lot of people told it to me whenever I was a younger kid, and I actually don't think that it was an accurate perception but everybody used to always say i was a liberal everybody oh. said i was everybody I was said as a libertarian more well that's what i would consider myself is i'm not a liberal i'm a i'm a libertarian i don't think that the government should tell me what to do sure on certain you know so yeah. that pisses off both parties and i just happen to be in a conservative area so they say well you don't completely adhere to this, so you must be the opposite, which is yeah. a liberal, you know? It's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous way to think, man. It is dangerous. It's very dualistic in a world that is not dualistic. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And I think that's part of what Western culture and religion has like, uh, what would the word be like, uh, mapped on top of. So like our narrative, our meta narrative, is always dualistic. Mm-hmm. Us, them, Versus them. we, you, then, you know, yeah. you, like all of this different. It's very whenever you really get to looking at it, and we're all instead of it being two two uh, parallel lines going up. It's the same horizontal line on the same plane. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of an interesting, we're in a very weird place. And I do think that like books like Comanche, uh, Summer of the Empire of the Summer Moon, Emer- Empire of the Summer Moon, about Quanta Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, the the re- part of the reason that those are so needed and is to grasp this, this, the, the lie that it is us and them. Yeah. It's just a we. It's just a... And it's a very short time. Like, we're a very... We're a beat. Like, even the Amarillo... Like you were saying, 15 years since uh, Brian's accident. And it's like, how much has the fire department changed in just 15 years? Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the whole scope of Amarillo being around for however long. Maybe 200 years? No. Maybe... Maybe two hundred years. I don't know, man. There's fire department's been around since like eighteen ninety seven or eighteen ninety. That's true. So if that the the that's organized, yeah, that's an organized. Amarillo's way older than that. Yeah, for sure. Because and then how many times is it? Who knows how long the settlement's been here before it was taken over by Texas, even you know, or the West. So who knows? Like that's actually pretty wild to think about. But it's a blip, no matter how long it is. You know, it's a blip in the in the. In the span of time. Um, dude, we're at an hour and 44 minutes. Wow. And I've got I've got a little section, but we're not going to be able to get into it. I was going to say uh, what has changed in the fire service and then where are we going to go from here. And I don't think we got enough time. Man, I think we can. How, what, how much time do we have? I mean, we got we got time. Do you want to? It's wanna up touch? to you, man. We'll touch. We'll go. We we'll can start. touch. So you you ask me the questions, and I'll so, tell you what so I know. So what what has changed in the fire service just since your hiring on to the AFD? Since hiring on to the AFD, man. Cell phones. Oh yeah, man. MDTs. That's a huge MDTs. The way we're dispatched, we used to be dispatched by people. The dispatch centers moved. It used to be down at Central Fire Station. Mm-hmm. Used to be firemen. Yeah, used to be that. Um, we used to ride in open cab trucks. Yeah, yeah, and seatbelts. Seatbelts, which that had come along right, I mean, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was always a policy to wear the seatbelt, but nobody adhered to the policy. Well, and that's one of the things that's so interesting. You were talking earlier about personalities and the type of people that are attracted to firefighting, the personalities. It it almost It's almost like, uh, I've thought about this a lot, with especially with training mm-hmm. and how we used to train. Is they didn't leverage what we naturally do, which is cheat. Mm-hmm. You know what? If I hear that the crew just did the training the day before, I'm gonna ask them and say, "Hey, what's your training about?" Mm-hmm. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna try to gain as much information mm-hmm. about this before I get there. Scenario. It's, we we desire tactical advantage. Right. Yeah. We desire tactical advantage, and I I feel like telling somebody that they're gonna do something without showing them the benefit of doing it uh, almost like. It almost uh, ensures rebellion. Sure. They almost ensure rebellion. You, with them. with the fire service, you have to package things correctly. It has to be in a pretty mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. If you don't put it in the right box, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get good 
retention there. Yeah, which there's is, certain people throughout this career, Dex, that could say whatever, and they were they were always right. Mm-hmm. Other people could have been absolutely exactly as correct, but because of how they said it or just their perception, other people were like, oh, that guy's an idiot. Well, hold on just a second. He just said what this other jackass said. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? It's what mm-hmm. we talk about credibility. Yeah, it's all about credibility, which is super interesting. And and it comes a lot of it comes with time. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's uh, you you start looking and like you were saying earlier, how did you get with? See, I, there's still rookies that get hired on that are older than me. Mm-hmm. And when they walk in, they see a younger person. Yeah. In me, you know, yeah. it's like, what do you, what are you seeing? What are you looking for? You know, it's kind of an interesting. Uh, when I got on, there were ten fire stations. Now there's thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. About to be two new, not new in number, but new facilities. Sure. And I think that it's we're not far off from having a fire station fourteen. I think we're short fire stations in this yeah. town. <laughs> if anybody's listening, um, the budget's not nearly as good a shape as people think it is. No. The city budget? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, so people are like, oh, man, we don't need to raise taxes for anything. Like, and the dollar doesn't go as far as it used to go. No, it doesn't. Um, so <clears throat> 10 fire stations. Uh, we said tactically, we've come a long way. One thing I was going to make sure we hit on was the vehicles. Yeah. Vehicles from when you got hired on and mm-hmm. car wrecks from when you got mm-hmm. hired on to car wrecks that we're running now. So that's crazy, man. When we used to make a car wreck uh, with significant impact, it was very rare that we didn't, uh, especially when I very first started running calls back in 2001, 2002, it was very rare with a significant impact that somebody wasn't injured. Man, I've seen cars roll over. We've counted where the A-post or something hit the ground. You could see the gouge every time it rolled. Had a Nissan Moreno three or four or five years ago that had rolled three times and we could open three of the doors just by opening them. Didn't put tools on anything. Yeah. Nobody injured. And <laughs> the funny thing is you hear people say, well, they just don't build cars like they used to. Thank God. Yeah, for real. They were death traps. Yeah, they were, man. Um, the car is designed to take the impact now. It does it very well, and it doesn't injure people in the compartment nearly like it used to. It's crazy, man. Even from the little bit of time I've been on, which was August of 2009, uh, we pull up on a car wreck now from whenever I first because you know what it was was cash for clunkers mm-hmm. they got a lot of older vehicles off the road and people into newer vehicles mm-hmm. that had proper safety and all this stuff and you pull up and there's a grandma you're thinking there's a chance we're going to cut somebody out of this vehicle Yeah. and instead of cutting somebody out of the vehicle a grandma is walking around uninjured yeah. from the from the impact that probably would have killed somebody it's been a long time since we had to put tools on a car and, and most generally if we end up having to put tools on a car it's because somebody was doing something way outside the law mm-hmm. your normal impact that happens inside everybody doing like somebody just making a simple mistake hey I ran a stop sign read you know most of the time we're talking about high-speed events mm-hmm. drunk driving things of that nature that are, are should be way outside the law those are the things that cause us to have to cut vehicles right. nowadays most people are fine I, most rollovers people are fine because we get people wear the seat belts mm-hmm. yeah if you can get people wearing their seat belts and uh, not not being drunk when they're driving, you eliminate a huge portion of the yeah. risk. People who quit texting and driving. Yeah, that's yeah, a big that's thing. A good deal. Which see, that's and I, I'm 
I'm sure you've heard me pounce on it or uh, talk about it, but like self-driving vehicles, that's one of the things that makes me uh, even wonder more. You know, it's like so now you're going to take another level, and these vehicles are going to apply brakes before they collide. You know, this much earlier. You know, it's it's going to be a crazy. It's going to be an interesting. Like the Jetsons, man. And those are going to go wrong. I mean, there's going to be problems with those. There's problems with every system that that we invent, you know. But but yeah, it will be very Jetson-esque. Airbags? Airbags. Man, what an advance in technology. The one airbag used to come out, but now it's surrounded by airbags. So yeah, those are some things that have changed at the AFD. Um, Most of it's been for the best, regardless if we sit and say that it's not... Well, Most you know, change we've gone through has been good change. One of the things that's super interesting to me, and I don't know if... How long have you been on now? Almost 14 years. Almost 14. So one of the things that I've noticed is whenever I got hired on, all, all of the uh, OGs, they're all gone. They're gone, man. They're all gone. They're all and gone. now, the new OGs, mm-hmm. I don't see them as OGs. Yeah, I man. see them as just like... Yeah, they're your peeps. Yeah, <laughs> It's like one of those things that's like so weird whenever that like that turnover and when you're in it you don't see it happen. But then you look back at it and like now there is a very distinct um generational gap from the OGs when I got hired on to the new OGs mm-hmm. to the future OGs, yeah. these guys that are getting hired on even younger or even newer than I am. Yeah. It's so interesting just to see and to see how as much as things change, things stay the same. same. You know, it's it's a crazy thing to like witness. So our new assistant chief was my driver when I was a rookie. Him and I are good friends. We've been Maze? Yeah, man. We've been friends for a long time. Yeah. People are like, oh, you're talking to Maze and this and that, and Megan Brown. Know that. Yeah. Shut up, man. I've been this dude and I've been tight since we were stationed together. Like, yeah. we vacationed together. Yeah. But that's the. Man, guys still want to be like, oh, so making buddies with the chief, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Yeah. Give me Dude, a damn li- break. I actually make it a point to try to make buddies with everybody. Yeah, man. Not <laughs> you me. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. Not me. That's funny. Yeah, it, it is wild, man. I was thinking about it the other day, and whenever I was a rookie at Central, a rookie firefighter at Central, uh, even down to the guy I was also a rookie with, Jonathan Stevens. Yeah, are all officers. I didn't realize Jonathan and you were rookies at the same time. Well, he was. He got hired on a month before I got hired on. Okay, but him, D. Howe, um, Janelle. He's not an officer. Todd. No, I'm saying as far as that, I was at the station. Oh, at with, the station. Like all the you. other hosemen that okay. I was a hoseman with. I got you. They're like Spanky, Todd, D. Howe. Um, well, Jason Jackson was a driver at the time, but now he's an officer. I mean, it's like this whole group of people that I worked with, and like Pierce and yeah. all these, you know. So the first crew, the first crew I got on with, minus the two dudes that were just about to retire. Okay, Joe Neal is a captain. Larry Davis a captain. Mm. Chad Higgins retired an officer, went to be a chief somewhere else. Um, Lance Purdue's a captain. I'm a captain. Um, Trying to think who else was on that crew. Jose Garcia, he's a driver. Um, but man, you, you look at the everlasting. So Joe Neely just retired, right? If, you, if he looked back at that crew, man, he built a crew of captains. 
It's weird. That is weird to think. It's weird. It's really weird to think. All of us. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, so one of, funny thing, like one of the first memories I have at a fire station was with you and Taco at seven. What'd we do? Uh, The cinnamon challenge. Oh. Y'all didn't do it. No, we didn't do that. Yeah, y'all didn't do it. We did it. But we were, we we were rookies. Or not rookies. We were in the academy yeah. and we were filling bottles because we were doing live fire. Okay. So we were there and y'all were not you know, probably playing dominoes, doing what firemen do. You know, sitting yeah. there jacking with the with the kids. And, oh yeah, and man. we did because that was right about the time I wrote the song about mumbles. Yeah, that was right. right. Yeah, right yeah, about yeah. that time. Yeah, no, you sang that, and I'm pretty sure you sang that in going. <laughs> oh, like a, we hate that song, man. We need to. I don't know. That's it's a, probably a poor form. That is an amazing song, it's though. It's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Yeah, that, If I was an ass, I'd send it to you and you could attach it to this. Ooh, we could attach Oh, no, we can't because this isn't... It, it talks too much about specific people. Oh, yeah, 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 we can't yeah, do that. Yeah. I would get in trouble for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get in trouble. We don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. But it's a I good song. Like I, I walk the line uh, close enough as it is with this podcast. Uh, I don't want to... Uh, yeah, we don't want to put you on the incite, radar. I don't want to incite a riot, yeah. you know, so to speak. But, um, so, also medical. That's kind of mm-hmm. a crazy thing, probably. Mostly basics when you got hired on. Everybody would now put oxygen on every to, patient, right? Yes. So now we're got... I'm a... Went ahead and got my intermediate years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, you know who was in that class with that you? That would be Dexter Keeley. Dexter Keeley was yeah, in there. Was, that was yeah. a fun class, dude. Yeah, it was, dude. You that was the first intermediate class. Yeah, it was. Mitch Armstrong, or I pulled okay. Mitch Armstrong, remember, and the instructor didn't tell us what to do once we hit the vein. Oh, yeah. He was just bleeding out. Oh, yeah, yeah just gushing. Yeah, dude, are you going to do something about this? Yeah. Are you going to let me just bleed out? It had that big old puddle of blood right there. And Griff started one on himself. Yeah, dude, I didn't know what to do with that, but we learned. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that that's one of the things that's funny about, like, the emergency medical services is everybody starts off at the same spot mm-hmm. with a vein that's just bleeding all over the place that you don't have any idea what to do with. She was yelling, tampanod, tampanod. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what What are you saying? What is the mean? word? Yeah, tampanod. Are you trying to tell me? Is that some sort of a beat? Yeah. You know, drops a tampanod. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. Mitch is just real calm. Of course, he'd been in a war zone. Yeah, Looking yeah. at me, he's just like, dude, are you going to do something about that? Or am I just going <laughs> to die right here? I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know what to do. Uh, you're not gonna bleed out through an 18 gauge on thing. Oh, right? Not too quick. This looks worse than it really yeah. is. That was that. You know, that was right after my rookie year. That yeah. class was, uh, and that's part of the reason I wanted to do it was because I was already in the mode of like studying and all that stuff. But now we've got a paramedic engine, man. Yeah, I was supposed to start that. They rattled my ass out somewhere different. Yeah, yeah, man. Because they all four people on the truck are paramedic no um so i was gonna i was gonna be a huge part of piloting that program fully on board i think it's a great thing for the fire department um we have two captains that are that are uh, paramedics Mm. and so i knew that the younger one of those was going to be a choice to pilot that program also like a really good choice um, and I think it had to do with not being able to assign the captain at the fire station the narcotics. Mm-hmm. He would have to check in with somebody else who would. And I think that oh, I yeah, think that yeah. medical control was like, man, we can do this, but it's kind of a weird mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they'd made the decision that I was going to keep riding out at number six, and then um, I was good with the change if they needed that because if I just said whatever the fire department needs. Where are you at now? That. I'm at Central. 
Okay, that's right. That's Central right. Sea shift, yeah. Central Sea, man. Isn't it crazy how, like, Central Sea will always have the same smell? You know? Man, Central in general has a smell. You know, you, but you, like, walk in and it's, like, uh, and I've, I've wondered if I could drop into, like, a different department in a different state and be able to pick out their A, B, and C shift. Because I feel, like, <laughs> Golly, that's I feel like I'll be able to. It's just like, oh, uh, this... This, uh, this I mean, like I think that you could blindfold me, though, and walk me into, like, number five and number nine, which both stink. Mm-hmm. But I would be able to tell you which oh, you're one like, was oh, which. Oh, I know. Oh, I yeah. know. Because I lived at both of those fire stations for a long time, yeah. Dang, dude. And, yeah, they're both about to be gone, yeah, dude. That's crazy. That's a wild thing to think. Like, all these memories of that are assigned with a building. I mean, that's there's there is a cultural, like, there's, like, a little bit of a heartbeat. In those stations, when you're in them, you, like, I'm convinced number nine's haunted. You think so? Like, Dude, like I, straight ghosts? I don't know, man. We used to see things all the time. Really? Yeah. I've heard that about Central, but I never. No, nah, dude, we'd be sitting in the kitchen, and I'm not the only person. You'd swear somebody walked through or walked out of that. You, you were spent some time there. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd be sitting out of the corner of your eye, you'd see a person walk out of the day room and into the truck room. I was like, who's in the truck room? Go out there. Versus nobody. It happened all the time. Mm. I think that anybody who spent a lot of time there, you could probably ask them if they'd had that phenomenon. Well, and the, the chance is I probably felt like somebody walked by there and I was like, I don't care. Whoever it was. Yeah, probably. I'm go see Dad, <laughs> do you have breakfast for me? Yeah. <laughs> I probably just like, I assume that that's somebody that's uh, got something to do out there. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it is kind of a wild... You know, I've had that feeling before getting to Central after a fire call. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't sound positive. That sounded... We should probably check that. On sounded that sounded broken. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, wait. No. No, it's okay. Shannon yeah. said Almost it's okay. got it. She's yeah. got it. She's if, saying if the she word If she had okay. said, Dexter, that would have been yeah. a different. But yeah, she said it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's the one... The really interesting thing about having kids is it's the first time I've been around a person that literally does not... Like, there's nothing I can do... To, to console. It's only mama at that point. Yeah. You and know, there's also nothing mama. they've ever done to make you love them, but you do. And yeah. you would kill somebody for them. Oh, yeah. Or I don't know if you would. I would mm. kill somebody for my kids. Yeah, I, I would. You'd I mean, that's the things I've seen. A, I've seen a lot of... I'd talk about it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Hey, man, I'm going to have to kill you right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that. look, dude. <laughs> look, so... It was decisions I made yeah. a long time ago yeah. that are about to lead to this, you know? And I'm sorry, <laughs> but... <laughs> what can you do? You yeah. know, but okay. So let's let's hit this. Um, we'll pro- I'll have you back on, and we'll we'll talk more. Yeah, about fire service. And, yeah, I'd love uh, that. maybe some transitional attack. Maybe some maybe get into some controversial. Know, man, maybe get into some controversial. Stuff. We're not right now. Not okay, right now. But we might get right in, now, we might man. get into some con- con- uh, some uh, controversial controversial. Topics. You know, some interesting things coming down the pipe. You know what I'm saying? Um... But uh, let's see here. So I've started ending the show. Uh, I'm going to have you make a selection of music to, oh. to close the close the thing out. But before that, I used to ask, the question I would ask is, how do you define success? Um, but I've entered into a new stage of my life and a new perspective on things. And I've realized that the question is not how do you define success, but more so what makes you happy. Because if you're happy, then technically whatever you're doing is a success. Correct. So, so what makes you happy? That's my final question. Man, 
I'm, I, I try to be a pretty happy guy. My family, my faith, my friends, um, and the mountains. Mm, happy, mountains. Yeah. So, uh, knowing that you're a, a positive, that you that you can be and are a positive uh, influence for or to other people is also a great feeling. Mm. Um, striving to never be the never be the smartest guy in a room. That's something I actually strive for. Mm. I don't ever like being the smartest well, yeah, guy. Yeah, you don't room. have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you never will be the... I'm, I'm happy with that, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because I, I never... I how, like do you find, how do you define smartest? So, everybody's got things that they're good at, right? So today, learning about podcasts, there's, I'm absolutely not the smartest guy in this room, and it's just mm. me and you. So... Um, it just depends on what I'm what I'm looking for at that time. Right? Mm. You don't ever want to be the the brightest bulb. In well, the box. and it's one of those things too, like um, like playing guitar. I've struggled with this recently. I've been playing a little bit more and stuff. And and what I've what I've realized <clears throat> is uh, there's different degrees of intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. Musical intelligence, Correct. because. You know, I get on Instagram sometimes and I'll scroll through and I, since I've clicked on enough uh, people playing guitar, it pulls these people up. Mm-hmm. And these are these are just normal human beings, right? Mm-hmm. 17-year-old girl, mm-hmm. you know, 24-year-old, probably unemployed male. Eight-year-old. And they hop on and you watch them and they play something and you say, I literally will never be able to play what okay. they just did. I used to play music. I played music with JW. I played rhythm guitar with his band a couple times, but... At the church band, I used to play uh, Mike Chisholm was in our band in Hollow Point mm-hmm. from here in town. Mm-hmm. And they, dude can smoke a guitar, man. Just smoke it. And I'm like watching him play it and I'm like, man, God gave me the rhythm guitar gift. He didn't give me the rhythm guitar yeah. gift. <laughs> it's the hand. Yeah. It's a weird deal. And then you get a you get a guy like Matt Calvin, right? All right. And smoke a guitar, and he was listening to me play rhythm and sing a song one time. And he said, "I would give all of my guitar theory and how I can play guitar to be able to strum a song and sing it." So if you want, if you mm-hmm. if you have straight hair, hair you want curly hair, you have mm-hmm. curly hair, you want straight hair. Well, that it's it's what fascinates you is typically what you can't do. Correct. Yeah, I so, look at him play the guitar. I'm like, I can't do that. And he's like, Well, I can't I can't play the guitar mm-hmm. and sing at the same time. So. It is, it is such a weird, uh, that's why I asked you, like, what do you mean when you say smart? Yeah. Because there there is stuff in that realm, like even in, uh, in firefighting, where you can't have a guy labeled as the dumbest in the room. Mm-mm. Because the second you think he's the dumbest in the room, he might surprise you yeah. and say something or do something. Uh, broke clocks were right twice a day. Dude. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. And you you got to always, if you're striving to not be the smartest person in the room, that means you're looking for the intelligence in somebody else, not necessarily focusing on the intelligence in yourself. Whatever, yeah, correct. Whatever they have to offer, if it's relevant to me at the time, I I like to soak Mm, it up. Nice. I don't ever like to pretend like I'm soaking that shit up because it goes against, like, the persona that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be that guy. (laughs) Yeah. But I listen. Yeah, it's funny. That's actually part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast was because um, I can almost guarantee every single person is better and smarter and has deeper insight into things that I have never thought about or sure. that they're like uh, Jared Sanchez, the one that gave me this uh, picture. It's yeah. uh, downtown. Have you know that place? No, downtown. Man. You'll know it if you. I'm not sure I do. If you saw it uh, in the light. 
But I guess you said that vehicle. But see, that's one of the things. I know absolutely nothing about film photography. Mm-hmm. Well, he knows a ton about film photography, right? So I can have him on the podcast and yep. guarantee that I know a lot less than the person I'm sitting across from yep. about a you know about a given yep. thing, you know. Yep. And then this was Brittany Bush. She did my uh, my cover art, and that was these were all of her tries. And then that ended up being the one that. You know, she she sent me, and I was like, ah, that one's good, you know? So she had done a bunch, so I kind of combined them to be some cover art, you know? So yeah. I'm trying to work on my art in my studio. Yeah, eventually, yeah, I'm going to have a... studio, too. Yeah, I'm eventually going to have a Joe Rogan studio. Dude, dude, this studio's all... It's close, man. The soundboard you have in here. Oh, I know, I know. microphones. Yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> This is... This is something, man. How you, it's corporate sponsorship, dude. Dude, how you got this room remodeled in this little unassuming house, <laughs> this is crazy, man. I, I would expect to see something like this in Hollywood LA, or yeah, Nashville. Sure. No, that's the thing is I, I flew an interior designer from L.A. here it's, just to achieve the feng shui. I wanted, I wanted it to be Western with a little bit of that Asian flavor. So, But me know. having to sit over here on the other side of this window, this and then you over there, it, it's just kind of, it's not as a... It's aquarium, a, dude. Yeah, That's man. the thing. Whenever I referred to the aquarium earlier, mm-hmm. it's like, I like to keep my guests in a controlled environment, in, in case I have to gas you. Yeah, I got it, man. You know, I mean, when you lock <laughs> got the a door, button here that you're gas. like, here's your booth, and then you lock the door. I'm like, I hope when we're done with this, he lets me out. Yeah, you start getting riled up. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> He's going down. We're giving him the nitrous. Yeah, I like it. Oh, All right, man. Great, so man. what song do you want to end this thing with? Oh man, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. You know what? Let's end it with a Randall King song. Okay. Let's end it with a um, let's end it with a Randall King song uh, because he's going to be playing. He's the headliner for Bubba Palooza. And uh, let me. Can you pause and I'll find the the one I want. Yes, there's a bunch. No, I'll, I just won't even pause. Okay. Just, we'll just keep it rolling. Okay, man. So I'm also gonna. I haven't ever done this before, but I'll also give you a. So since it's gonna be a country song closing mm-hmm. it, I'll allow you to pick the rap song to intro to. Oh man, so <laughs> that's awesome. It's gonna have to be NWA Boys in the Hood. Okay, man. it has to be. Have you ever done that one? I don't think I have. Yeah, man, that's that's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite rap song ever, and I'm I'm a. Let's go with "Taking Me a Heartbreak." All right. Yeah, man. Cool, dude. All right, that was uh, two hours and nine minutes. God, that's crazy. Kind of flies by, doesn't it? It yeah. feels a lot uh, like it's a lot, like it happens a lot quicker than you anticipate. You that's know? nuts, man. Like that's the kind of thing where you go on a road trip with somebody, and all of a sudden you're just there. Yeah, yeah, and and that's such a nice. And see, those is one of the one crazy things about being on like a crew that you like at the fire station is it's it's uh interesting how relative time is because yeah. you get to the station with a crew of guys that you like and everybody gets along shift flies by you're done before you know it yeah. you get to a crew and a station with some some uh, animosity in between the the gears a little bit of that road grime up in that transmission and it it goes a lot slower 
and a lot yeah, or events right events it. can do that yeah, too you can, can even love the dudes you're with man mm -hmm. but if you've got something that's laying heavy oh yeah yeah events man yeah. that that's the hardest thing is everybody's in a different spot you know like you were right. saying like if you have a hard thing happening in your life there's probably like to go back to the pillar analogy there's probably a couple other pillars that are also being affected at the same time mm -hmm. that nobody has that insight into, you know? It's kind of a wild, it's a wild thing, man. There's a, it's definitely a place where you learn compassion. You learn, you learn to love people where they're at and mm -hmm. you learn to have some compassion because you never, you might be saying, man, this guy's an idiot. He's never paying attention. He's this, he's that, he's, uh, what, what's his deal? And you end up finding out, oh, dang, his mom's dying. She's in hospice. She's yeah. been there for uh, six months. And, uh, you know, yeah. every day he's thinking about his mom dying. It's like, okay, it kind of makes sense why he might not be able to tie this knot, you know, yeah. upside down or something, you yeah. know. It's kind of a yeah, wild thing. but Life don't lie, man. No. Ever. No, sir. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, man. I appreciate and, it. And uh, Bubba Palooza. Uh, June 22nd, 2019. Starlight Ranch. Starlight Ranch Event Center. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I Last year was on a B-shift day. It's a C-shift day. Last year? Mm-hmm. It was on a C-shift day again to this year, too. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. So you taking off? You already got the day? Yeah. The guy that I switched shifts with actually had the day. It was full, so they were able to switch it over. Nice. God takes good care of me, man. Yeah, that's a crazy circumstance. God takes good care of me. Happens to be. Yeah. Huh. Dang. Cause, yeah, because you switched over. Dang. Well, right on, man. Well, until next time, uh, audience, uh, thank you all for listening and enjoy this song by Randall King. Take me a heartbreak. Taken. Taking me a heartbreak. Taking me a heartbreak. All right. Until next time, peace out. And ain't been running with a bad crowd I ain't dead in a ditch nowhere Just trying to figure things out Taking me a heartbreak She hit me like a Mack truck When she done me how she did me Might as well have doused me in diesel Struck a match and just letting me, I'm taking me a heartbreak Yeah, I'm taking me a heartbreak yeah. This heart can take a beating Tough as nails Choose to be and hammer on But this time it's bleeding Taking everything I have to be strong So I'm taking me a heartbreak I might go back home to mama I might drive across the country In my old truck Just taking me a heartbreak Take a little time to heal Hell, I've got a little time to kill Well, damn my luck I'm taking me a heartbreak well, This time
This heart can take a beating Tough as nails Choose to be and hammer on But this time it's bleeding half It's taking everything I have To be strong on Just trying to figure things out 